Blog Talk Radio. be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Thank you. 
God, we just praise your holy name and we thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for all of the time that you have given us to your mercy to be able to get our ducks in a row, our behaviors in order, to be aligned with your perfect will as best as is possible. And we praise you, Lord, for for giving us the grace that we need to be able to endure the things that we see happening around us. Um, It it may be unpleasant, but, Father, without your grace, there's no possible way that we could be exposed to such abominations and still be able to function really kind of normally. And we praise you, Father, for helping us to, to, to get to the place that we are right now. And we don't know where that is. We just hope that it's further along in our walk. And we pray in Jesus' name, please, Father, that you will continue your anointing process on each of us, that you will continue to answer each and every one of our prayers, Father, as we lift up the different things in our lives that we just don't feel comfortable with. Um, you know, whatever they may be, whatever those feelings that may inject into our heart uh, under any given emotional situation, what, um, what, whatever, whatever those behaviors may be that we feel a little bit uncomfortable, com- uncomfortable about, or uh, scriptures that uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, piercing under the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, it is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews four twelve and Father, we have that happening to us as we read your scripture, and it touches us, and, uh, and, and it reveals the intent of our heart, and then sometimes we just don't feel comfortable with where we are. We may, we, you know, maybe, maybe our discernment is off. We don't always know. We're, we're, maybe we're a little hyper-paranoid, Father, and maybe for all the right reasons, but we definitely don't want to be here on this earth anymore. We need to pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before you, Jesus, at the wedding supper. We do not want to be here on this alien, demon-infested rock anymore. But, Father God, we know that we have work for work to do for you and on your behalf, and we pray that you will reveal 
reveal these things and place us on holy ground. We are not always going to respond perfectly to you, to, you know, in the way that we ought. Sometimes we'll mess up. Sometimes we'll say things we wish we hadn't have said, but we just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, more than anything, that an outpouring of a uh, of, of a spirit of forgiveness and and holy brotherly and sisterly love will fall upon all of us and those around us uh, uh, in such a way that we draw back together, we forgive, we forget, we hug, and we have holy kisses. We just we are we are one in Christ, and we uh, stand together in prayer for one another and in prayer for the lost, Father God, in Jesus' name, that we might be able to walk in the works that you have written in our books before we were born on this earth, Psalm 139, 16, Ephesians 2, 10, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Father God, for bringing us through the challenges, the trials, the tribulations, the difficulties, the, and, and raising up uh, long-suffering and patience in us, and uh, in, in many cases, in some cases, self-control. Father, I thank you for the times, and I pray that everyone else that is praying out in a similar way, uh, Father, that if they lift up things to you, that they're asking for help in their behavioral patterns or the things that they feel in their heart that they don't feel are right. Father, we're just going to give you praise and honor. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to pray about it. We're going to continue to lift it up every single morning. But we are going to believe. We are going to lift our hands and praise every single And uh, when we awaken, when our feet hit the ground, and we are going to thank you, Father, for that which we know that we are going to receive, even if we have to wait till the very last second like Abraham did. And we praise you, Lord, because we know that you are going to bring us through these things, and you would want not one of us to be left behind. We praise you. And we, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity and lord jesus we praise you for this opportunity lift up our hands pull us from the pit help us to keep from breaking through the guardrails and steady our path and now to him our lord jesus who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory father god with exceeding joy i can only imagine what that feels like and to you father our savior who alone is wise be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Where does the person begin when everything is, uh, when, when our cups overflow? Praise God. Um, and again, for those of you who have been praying for me, my job is always up and down. I'm, it, it's always a bit of a mess. But this last hump I did get over. Uh, the client did not hang me from, you know, the rafters. Uh, it, it was kind of a miracle, really. So anyway, praise report, praise report for that. Um, but please do continue to pray over my job again because now I've got another problem that is surfacing and I'm going to try to take care of that tomorrow if I can I'm hoping that I can but anyway I'm not going to worry about it it's in God's hands God's got this and as long as I'm uh, receiving the power of the prayers of the saints uh, which I believe with all of my heart that I am because I'm praying for you as well then uh, I ain't worrying about it praise God it's in God's hands and 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 all of all of our divine protection is in our Heavenly Father's hands and really when you think about all of the scriptures you know trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and always acknowledge him, praise him, dwell in the secret place of the Most High, spend time with him, have communion with Jesus, and he will make your path straight. Praise God. So that's that's awesome. Um, and boy, we all need as much of that as we can. And of course, you got Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because... He trusts you. You know, there. Um, I've been told by, I won't call them Bible scholars, but people who are deep into Bible study and stuff, that their position on some of the trust-focused uh, scriptures is essentially that, you know, when you trust our Heavenly Father, um, it kind of like almost like, you know, scripturally obligates him because he's not a man that he would lie, right? And the word is Jesus. Okay, just read the first couple of verses of the Gospel of John, right? Amen. Jesus was the Word. Okay, and, and the Word, you know, became, you know, essentially man and dwelt among us. Okay, I mean, really, when you think about it, it it's fascinating. And I carry, I mean, it's an ever-growing stack of scriptures that I carry with me. Um, and these are just the ones that I carry with me. Um, uh, let's see. Like the last one I just put in here is Matthew eighteen nineteen. If two or if, if two or you of you agree on earth concerning anything that uh, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. All right, I love that. So I, I wrote that one down. Uh, somebody had written me and kind of like semi quoted that, paraphrased it in an email and told me, you know, and then also I put some of her um, uh, family members and stuff on my prayer list as well. Praise God. What a blessing that is. Um, I, I also like this one here. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit uh, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not, you know, you're not on your own. You were bought at a price. First Corinthians six nineteen. You know, I want to I want to have this because, you know, when you think about it, anytime you mistreat your body, see the pregnant pause. That's a broadcaster's way of catching your attention. Anytime that you mistreat your body, you're mistreating the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people that would try to wiggle their way around that one with various things. And, and I'm not going to get into all the details because, you know, quite frankly, I don't have all the answers. All right. Second uh, Corinthians 1210. I love this. Uh, this is uh, extract, ext- uh, you know, taken, taken out of the um, uh, uh, passages associated with Paul's thorn in the flesh. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, pleasure in re- and, uh, reproaches, pleasure in having needs, pleasure in having distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. Praise God. That's awesome. 
And then um, I like Mark 11:23. Now I took some of the some of the you know a lot of people that uh, quote scriptures they take some of the you know contextual words out of it because they're not really relevant to the meaning of you know they, they are when you're reading the story but when you're wanting to quote the scriptures and carry them with you they're not. And uh, Mark 11:23 I love this one. Have faith in God. Therefore I tell you whatever you ask in prayer. In faith, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. These are words from Jesus. He's the word, right? So how in the world can we know these scriptures and, like I do, carry them around, uh, you know, in your, you know, laminated, in your pocket, in a little stack? I mean, every time I wake up and I go and grab my shirt or whichever shirt it is, or if I change my shirt because I'm going to go on a Zoom meeting with a client or whatever, um, uh, you know, a lot of times I will, you know, if I know I'm going to be in my work shirt because I got, you know, Know, a bunch of meetings or whatever with different clients, uh, I will grab my little stack of Bible verses and I'll move it over to my work shirt. You know, and then when I'm, then later I'm like feeling around on my shirt pocket going, okay, are they there? Are they there? Oh no, where are they? Where are they? And I'm like, then I go back over to my, where I have all my shirts hung up and I'm like rifling through my shirts trying to find my Bible scriptures. It's like, I don't want to go anywhere without them. Praise God. It's like an American Express card. Don't leave home without it. Praise Jesus. Oh, man. Remember the 70s when everybody was freaking out and they're going like, that's the mark of the beast. It's the American Express card. Mark of the beast. Mark of the beast. Christians are like freaking out all over the place. And then the next iteration of everything's the mark of the beast was uh, yeah, the UPC label. When they found out that they used a 666 as a separator code uh, for the UPC level, boy, let me tell you something. The whole world just exploded with, well, that UPC label. Well, that's the mark of the beast. That's the mark of the beast. That's the mark of the beast. So anyway, so we've gone through all kinds of iterations of that. And don't even get me going on this weird, creepy graphene oxide stuff. That's enough to just make you want to yak. I mean, I can't believe that, they're, they're, that there's actually black chemtrails right now. I mean, there's no escaping the stuff. You might say, well, I'm just I'm going to put I'm just going to get rough. I'm going to get tough. I'm going to I'm just not going to take it no matter what. I'm just going to say no. Just say no. Nancy Reagan. That's what you're going to do. You're going to Nancy Reagan. The next mass mandate, the next uh, pandemic and everything. By the way, which they're getting ready to release on us. Well, there are. It's already in progress, by the way. But we'll talk about that in much more detail in a few moments. But anyway, um, yeah, it ain't never going to stop, folks. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse because these entities they want to slaughter us. They want to kill us. Look, if they're going to use, you know, I don't think it, a lot of people think it was that, you know, that one particular uh, jet, you know, that they have uh, retrofitted with a uh, dew, uh, a dew laser on the front of it. You see that picture all over the internet, and everybody's pointing to that and kind of suggesting that that's what they use for Maui. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I I could be wrong. I know I could be wrong. I could be wrong about a lot of things. There's some things I really hope I'm not wrong about. But anyway, um, uh, and that's our early and imminent departure. <clears throat> How imminent? Well, and yes, I don't like words like imminent. They're in, imprecise. They leave way too much up for the imagination. I don't like words like soon. I want preciseness. I want to know that I have to do this particular thing. I, I got to review these user accounts, and I got to put it into the policy. And the user accounts have to be reviewed every 180 days, or every uh, at the end of every fiscal, uh, two fiscal quarters, or whatever the case is. I want preciseness. But you don't get that a lot of times. You just get soon and very soon. We will go and see the king. Oh yeah. I want to know how many millions, millions and hundreds of millions of Christians have died. Singing that song, soon and very soon, we will go to meet the king. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I have no idea what soon means. None of us do. None of us do. It drives me nuts. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, but a lot of things drive me nuts. I won't even get into that list, boy. That, that'll take us past Christmas easily. All right, praise God. That's why I got to keep my, um, I almost bought myself a really cool shrimp fork. You know what I mean? Because there's just something about holding a really cool shrimp fork in your hand when you just can't take it anymore. When you have dealt with way too many people that are a, you know, a slice of bread short of a picnic, there, you know, it just, oh, it just makes you just want to. Mm, oh, just, but, but, you know, we got to pray for patience. Long-suffering is one of those things. Uh, you know, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's incredible patience. Incredible patience. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and the hardest one of all, self-control. Ouch. All right, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, kids, are you ready for a couple of jokes? All right, because we got a lot of material we got to cover tonight, praise God. All right, I'm glad you guys are at the ready. All right, here we go. What do you call a pig who never, uh, uh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. What do you call a pig who is never fun to hang out with? What do you call a pig? And you know pigs are fun. You know, if you've ever gone up to a little, uh, you know, pig uh, cage and they run around and they have a lot of fun and they play, you know, uh, 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 hide and seek with you and, oh, it's just, they're a blast. What do you call a pig who's not fun to hang out with? You call them a boar. <laughs> you call them a boar, right, kids? Because <laughs> they're boring. Because they're boring. I had this one video. I was watching this guy just, you know, I don't know. I don't know where he was. It didn't have any details associated with it. The only caption that went with the video was, I want this guy to be my friend. That's all they put with the video. And the guy, like, I don't know, like, ran out of the back of his house and grabbed a hold of a wild boar and, like, just threw it to the left, threw it to the right, threw it to the left. He was, like, whooping down on his wild boar. Let me tell you something. Those things are scary. Down here in Florida, when you go camping, they'll kill you. Uh, Cape buffaloes are in uh, Africa. Next time we have Sammy on, we'll have to ask him about what he does when he sees a Cape buffalo. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm not sure about this. I am definitely not positive about this. You can do, do your own homework. But the last time, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure the Cape buffalo is the most dangerous animal, the most deadly animal in the world, the Cape buffalo. Look it up. We'll have to ask Sammy about that. Hey, Sammy, have you ever been chased by a Cape buffalo? <laughs> Uh, we can have some fun with that. Praise God. All right, so next one up. Kids, are you ready? Kids, are you paying attention? All right, what do the farmers say to their cows after 9 p.m.? Go to bed. It's past your bedtime. You know, cows are out in the pasture, that kind of thing. You got it. Come on, you're with me. This isn't calculus at Penn State, which I hated. I lasted like a day. <laughs> I came from a really good school out in, in Ohio, and I had to transfer over to Penn State uh, Middletown campus and walked into my first calculus class in this really arrogant. Oh, I just, I won't say what I wanted to do to him. All right, I'll just leave that part out. But I, it wasn't pleasant. 
But he comes walking into the room, and he's just the most arrogant piece of blankety blank you could, I mean, just unbelievable. And he goes over to the chalkboard, and yes, it was a genuine black slate chalkboard with real chalk. And he's, he's like, you know, writing this formula. And he's like four lines down. And then he turns around and looks at the entire class. Remember, this is the first day. And he says, quiz on Friday. And then he storms out of the room. And I'm like going, okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me, let me do some, break out my little calculator here because I'm not really all that smart. You know, did a little bit of math. How much am I paying for this class? Mm-hmm-hmm. This whole education is going to cost me. Okay. Yeah. No. Where's the counselor's office? <laughs> anyway, I withdrew that day. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next one up. Kids, how does a train eat? You know, how does a train eat? It goes choo, choo. <laughs> you know, trains go choo, choo. Now I'll take three in a row. All right, so anyway, I'm going to play. Um, I don't know how much of this I'm going to play for you. I would like to play the whole thing. Um, and if if I think I could, I don't know how much I can get out. I really want you to hear the whole thing. So bad. And I know if I tell you to go listen to it, that only like, you know, 2% of the listeners will actually do it. So if I don't play it for you, it's like, you know, but it's so good. So what happened was Alex Jones brought a guy by the name of Stu Peters, Stu, S-T-E-W, Peters, P-E-T-R-S, StuPeters.com. And I've seen him multiple times on my finely tuned Twitter feed. Now, he gets a little bit carried away with a few things. He's a little gullible in a few areas of conspiracy, and that's okay. But as a general rule, this guy... He's he's nothing less than impressive when it comes to okay. So I'm going to play this for you. This is impressive. Matter of fact, he says things that makes Alex Jones cringe. He says things that makes flashbacks for Alex Jones, uh, very illegal and uh, you know case that they held against him, the civil case against you know over Sandy Hook. Okay, this just you know you could tell Alex was like, I'm glad you're the one doing the talking. But anyway, let's go ahead and take a listen to this. This is absolutely amazing, all right? And I, I tip my hat to this guy, Stu Peters, because, well, because he's got chutzpah. Okay, you, I think you got to go chutzpah or something like that. Uh, I don't know how to do the, the Hebrew thing. All right, but anyway, um, praise God. Let's listen to this, or at least as much as we can before we have to, you know, move on. Here we go. Listen to this. Rollers, brand new construction at Target. Now he's in a Target parking lot, and this is how they're opening up the the uh, the uh, the uh, interview. Okay, and and he's he's talking about what he's seeing in a Target parking lot. What is it for? Not one, not three, not five, not even seven, but two dozen, twenty-four brand new drive-up terminals in a town of sixteen thousand people. What would be the need for that? I'll tell you the need for that because they're bringing it back. They're going to bring back draconian lockdowns. They're going to bring back the torturous mask mandates in schools, strapping your kids up with a medical device and oxygen-inhibiting bacteria-ridden Sharia face muzzle. They're going to bring back the injection mandates. They're going to close down churches. They're going to close down small businesses while these people stay open. And the pharmacies expanded, too. Why do you think that is? Uh, Well, I think the elections are fake and gay and rigged and stolen. 
number one. I don't think we have a democratic process. I don't think that's how things are done. I think that people are selected. Now, if you want to talk about the Trump indictments, here's what's happening there. This is symbolic. The, the Trump indictment is symbolic of what's going to happen to anybody who shares a message of a 2015 He's platform talking to Alex into Jones. a 2016 President Trump presidency, which was a dissident to the American government, uh, an advocate for freedom and individual liberty, somebody who is going to go in and crush the deep state, protect the borders of this nation, activate the military, make it as strong as it could ever be, uh, and or you know, cease to have any you know, foreign wars to enrich the military-industrial complex, lock up criminals, starting with Hillary Clinton, build a big, beautiful wall with some nice door in it so people could pay to get in or whatever. These were the messages, the economy, I mean, all these, these, these were the messages that spoke to the, the hearts of real, true Americans. And so what these are is these are a symbolic message. Make no mistake, this is a message to you. If you want to be a dissident to this authoritarian overtaking of your country, if you want to speak out against these draconian lockdowns and this satanic agenda that will mutilate the genitals of your children without your express written consent, without even your knowledge, if you don't want to give us your kids to have sexual access to them unfettered, if you don't want to put that mask on, live in your pod, in your 15-minute city, eat bugs, be happy, never own anything, then you will be imprisoned or killed. And I don't know if they make Trump go away by just having this kangaroo court, you know, banana republic show trial and then some fake conviction and send him to some gulag for the rest of his life, like the POWs who sacrificed for him to go out and show their support. I don't know if they'll do that or if that's enough or if they'll just permanently get rid of him. We have to table the possibility that they're going to kill President Trump. And I don't put it past them. If they're willing to murder millions of people, including innocent children by the thousands or tens of thousands, you don't think that they'll go after the blood of the one man that they believe is leading the charge of any dissidents to this authoritarian overtaking? And if you want to know the real reason, in my opinion, this big, huge push behind this transgender freak show indoctrination overtaking protected class minor attracted persons they're not pedophiles anymore these are actually a protected class of people if you want to know my opinion on why this is happening all of a sudden it's because the guy pretending to be michelle obama is who they're going to position to fill joe biden's diaper to install him as this woman her first black tranny president i, I don't know what they're going to call him it whatever I don't care what their pronouns are. That's what the agenda is here. A Michelle Obama presidency, a complete uh, finish to the unfettered access to children, the mass uh, injections, and death by the millions. This is what they have been dreaming. And they have to shoot their shot right now. They have to shoot their shot because, like you said, you came out with that exclusive. Their information, the cards are all on the table, and we can see their hand. And they're still expecting us to play that game by their rules. And so now it's time for them to either try to run the table or to get up with their sunglasses left behind and run. They're going to either run like cowards from people who are really willing to stand up and say, we know what you're doing and we'll tolerate it no more. And if you come here, we will protect ourselves with legal and extra legal authority. Or we're going to be completely overtaken. The choice is in the hands of millions of Americans.
platforming begins now. Join Mug Club and get one month free with promo code Alex at jonescrowder.com. Of course, those who do not want us to speak. Let me think. Just let me think. Even now, orders. Of course, we have to deal with the commercials. To stand up again. There we go. Your destiny is a decision. I really appreciate on short notice, Stu Peters. I'm a big fan of coming on. StuPeters.com. Of course, I got real whistleblowers. Of course, they said this was happening. Hours after I announced it, they launched a new operation. All over shutting things down. It's insane. They're trying it. And then, of course, Sue Peters has been all over the mysterious fires and what happened in Maui and Lahaina. He joins us, unfortunately, for only 30 minutes. We'll get him back for a full hour very soon. StuPeters.com and at RealStuPeters on Twitter. He reaches tens of millions of people now a day. What a blessing. Uh, so great to have Sue Peters with us. I'm going to try to sit back, skip this break, give him the floor about the state of our world right now. We're not going to be caught with our pants down. People are really upset about the plans to roll out the COVID restrictions. Stu Peters. You know, I just think, thank you so much for having me. I tons of respect for you. It was great to see your crew at the American Liberty Awards. Uh, I just, I want to start by saying that I don't want to hear anybody. Nobody should be saying, I got COVID. I caught COVID. Uh, this thing has never been isolated. Right. I mean, that's the truth. We've we've never found in the wild the SARS-CoV-2 no, it's a cocktail of weapons they're hitting us with, which was developed not in Wuhan, China. It was it was not developed in some country that's adversarial to the United States. No, this was developed right here at home at Fort Detrick. This, yes. is, this is your fake government murderous corporate crime syndicate that has unleashed a weapon of bio warfare onto the public. And when we start viewing it that way. Then you'll understand why yesterday I had, I don't know, over 5 million people in less than six hours view a tweet that I put out, which was from the Target parking lot, where in a town of 16,000 people, okay, 16,000 people, this is an empty parking lot by and large for the most part. There's maybe 100 cars at most in this parking lot, but they have redone the whole thing, and they have installed not one, not three, five, seven, nine, but 24 new drive-up, you know, pickup spots so that you can now be secluded, so that you don't have to go inside. Because why? Because the lockdowns are coming. And what, what do we know? We know the whole plan. The big box stores will stay open, which is firsthand evidence that these corporations are colluding with international governments and including our own to deprive Americans of sovereignty. Shutdowns will only affect small businesses. Your barber, uh, your church, absolutely. The guy who sharpens hockey skates, this is just another scamdemic. All of these mechanisms of control are built on Gates and Fauci-style approaches of scaring people over their health. Nobody has called this better than you, Alex. This is all about fear. We have to resist face muzzles. We remember. Show these horrific videos, if you've got them. These children, like, sobbing, crying in school. Toddlers having these oxygen-inhibiting bacteria-ridden Sharia face muzzles shoved on their face. We have to absolutely say no to this. We can't allow this. And we're going to show that clip since you mentioned it, but did we not catch them with their pants down when I got those whistleblowers and then I went on air Friday morning and then five hours later they launched their full announcement of new, of new program of COVID garbage. I mean, that's how the Lord works in mysterious ways. That, that they, are, they are really freaked out right now. This has been the number one story since Friday. This is just massive. Like you said, your story, five, six million views, 
ours probably 50 million. I mean, this has got to really upset, which shows the people have power. People need to know the truth and they need to band together because if you're, if you're reaching 50 million people with your TSA whistleblower who we covered, uh, you know, ad nauseum on the program, uh, we must all understand this. CNN watching uncle at the dinner table should not be allowed to dominate the conversation with their talking points uh, gleaned from this talking box that's been controlling the minds of the mainstream since what the 1950s. Oh, and let's be clear. Uh, corporate media competes with itself. It's because of you and all the other people that boosted uh, the, the, the Mike Cernoviches, the Jack Vosobics. This is not about us getting credit for the giant story. It's about all of us together. When you break something big, we promote as well. We're on the same team. 100%. I, I don't view you as competition at all. But this MSNBC watching wine on with this Karen haircut who's, you know, cosplaying at Joseph Stalin in her pantsuit, trying to literally Joseph Stalin style disappear your kids into the ash bin of history. These are the people who masses of people are dealing with. So what are we going to see? What are we going to expect to see this time around? How many hundreds of millions of people are going to continue to go along with this? Well, that was my next question. They're gearing up for the next big takeover. What do you expect them to do, Stu Peters? I think that the selfish fear of normies that think that they'll get sick with this imaginary, completely fake virus or other invented variant should not dictate whether or not your kids get to breathe oxygen in public school. And so what that means is we can't just be resistant. We have to actually take the fight in an offensive Listen mode now. And closely. we have to move forward looking for indictments. Office, like one sheriff. Offensive mode. So I, I know that we've been calling for it. Attorneys general, one attorney general, one prosecutor, one DA, one grand jury somewhere. Rand Paul's uh, criminal referrals on Fauci. These people are going to come at us again with the idea that they have cornered the market on science. Science has become completely fake. The people who believe in Dick Levine, this monster that looks like, I don't even, some abomination. This is, this is a woman. These are the people who are going to tell us that they know the science, that they know the variants, that they know the immunology, that they know the medicine, that they know the psychological response. These are the clowns that have murdered our children. People like John Kerry, A.I. Gore, who live in these massive mansions that are burning down houses in Maui with direct energy weapons. Somebody's going to have to prove me wrong on that. Power bills in the thousands of dollars monthly. They don't believe race exists until it's time to exterminate white people. October and November, the season that we used to call autumn or flu season is now COVID season. Uh, they're putting this stuff in the flu shots. All of this, somebody's got to prove me wrong on that too. Th these things that you have been a conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones, for since, you know, uh, decades ago are all now conspiracy truths. You've been vindicated more than anybody. A hashtag that trends commonly, Alex Jones was right. Uh, you've been saying these things, so somebody's going to have to prove me wrong. I'm willing to say they're putting this in the flu shots. Go and check it. Somebody should go and test it. Virologists, immunologists, lab researchers, go and take these shots. There's a doctor called Anna Mahelcha who's examined the blood of people after getting these bivalent flu shots. Yeah, they have nanotechnology inside of them. This is what you're taking. Well, let me interrupt you. I meant to play this. I said my film Endgame, but you have a Texas health official saying we've got to kill the white people. They won't take the shot. She's an old white lady. I just threw it at the crew to find that. We'll see if they can find it. But they're literally saying white people, and it is true, white people especially Scottish and Irish, if you actually read the Global's papers, do not submit. And whatever the rebellion of the Scots or the Irish is, in their white papers, the Globalists say, we're worried about Scots and Irish, and I'm mainly English, I'm a little bit German, a little bit Scott, a little bit Irish, but I'm mainly uh, English and German, 
but they literally hey. single out Irish and Scots. They say these people won't do what we say in government reports. Uh, well, then I'm absolutely screwed <laughs> because that's that's absolutely my lineage. That's my heritage. But yeah, this the, the white genocide is happening. Where's it all coming from? And what what I'm concerned about isn't me necessarily. I'm not even really concerned about. No, you. What is what it about do. Irish and Scots that got? Because they literally say this group's a problem. Genetically doesn't submit. Well, who are they the enemy of? Uh, all of those people who control the levers of power, all of those people who dictate and mandate and bribe and blackmail and use operations like, you know, operatives like Mossad to infiltrate our government, uh, people from the CCP to infiltrate our government. And what I'm most worried about, I'll, I'll just be honest, what I'm most worried about is there is not one, and, and not that I believe in, in the process of elections. I believe it's all rigged. They're all stolen. We have installation selections. I believe this has gone back for decades. The more I talk about this with experts every day, the more I'm convinced that we're living in this movie. It's all fake. But let's just say that somehow, magically, overnight, we return to this constitutional republic, two-party representative government system where your vote counts and it's real. There is not a single candidate, not one, not one, that is really willing to throw their balls on the table and call this what it is. Your government, your Department of Defense, your military industrial complex, your Department of Justice have been weaponized to the, to the extent, not just, not, I'm not talking like Jim Jordan investigative hearings here. I'm not talking about censorship hearings about X or Twitter or whatever. No, I'm talking about they are murdering your children. Like, that's they what are, doing. and they're targeting pregnant women. But since I mentioned this, I'm not kissing the ass of Irish or Scots. Literally, when I read the documents, and if you look at who fought the Civil War, it was mainly Scots and Irish on the South side. I don't think the South was the answer. They literally say in white papers, there's something about Scots and Trump's half Scott and German that and Irish that we have to get rid of. They won't sell out. They won't submit. So here's the head vaccine expert in Texas saying we've got to, quote, get rid of the white people. Here it is. The solution. Every study published in the last five years, when you look at vaccine refusers, I'm not talking about, well, hesitants, most of them we can talk into coming to terms, but refusers. We'll just get rid of all the whites in the United States because Houston is the most diverse city in the entire United States. There's seven Asian languages spoken of the solution. So as she goes on, we'll put the whole clip on InfoWars.com. It's a 10-minute clip. She says, white people are the problem. And you read the reports, they say people of Scottish and Irish descent do not – I mean, this is a, well, I don't even know what they're talking – I mean, this is weird. Like, they're singling out yeah. certain groups. I, I, tw I tweeted that. That was actually great reporting by National File. Uh, yep, Gateway Pundit picked it up right there. And th th there's, they're, they're telling you. They're telling you right on the wide open, we want to kill you if you're white. We want to kill you. So, uh, so let's be. What is it about white people they hate? It's white people doing it because they know we, we for some reason, white people, particularly people from the British Isles, people from there, resist. The Romans could never conquer it. Well, what is? Well, what? What are they so scared of that's there? Greatness, innovation, freedom, individual liberty. Who built this country? Who built the pillars? of America that represent all of the aforementioned, a system of justice, a system of freedom, a system of, you know, a democratic process. Uh, that where they fought for, for for a thousand years on those islands. Thousands of years, yes. Uh, sacrificed everything. And why in the hell are people entitled 
to everything that their ancestors and that those great people worked so hard to build when they're unwilling to make the same sacrifices and stand up to an authoritarian, murderous regime right now. If you want your country, you have to sacrifice something because now it's shut down everything. Put on a mask. Give the government your rights. Tell them you're going to die from COVID. No problem. Oh, we're not allowed to have allergies anymore. For God's sake, Alex, you can't inhale a bit too much pepper or sneeze, and it's off to the morgue with you. Uh, somebody gets so paid. So why do you think they're making their move with new lockdowns now? It's election season. I mean, here we are. We have to pretend that we're going to have this election, lock Joe Biden in the basement, this pedophilic, illegitimate, you know, pants pooper, put him in the basement again, lock everybody down, make sure that everybody understands that they have to have massive mail-in voting, do not show up to the polls. I mean, it's the same script over and over again. It'll be the same in 2028 if we make it there. I don't think we have that time. It's really getting way beyond absurd. This is borderline Soviet. I think it's actually worse it right is. now. I mean. You look at the Soviet Union, they weren't openly just exterminating people. They weren't cutting little boys' dicks off. No, they certainly weren't doing that. And then celebrating it. And then telling you, how dare you insult them. They weren't saying, we're going to have entire cities of black people completely destroying stores. And you're not going to be able to say anything about it. Because, damn it, if you do, you'll be kicked off of this social media platform. You can't mark yourself safe from being a racist today when you point out all of the violent crime being committed, by and large, is being done by young black males. You can't say that these people are allowed to rape and pillage and loot with impunity. And you know what the sick part about this is? It's middle-aged, liberal white women that are like, well, you know what, at least now we don't have to, and even conservative ones, at least now we don't have to put up with police brutality. So let them have their... I was about to know, say, and no defense of any group, but the average black folks are upset about the crime exploding and how they're allowing these people to do this. This is a larger plan. You know, I, I think it's time for another government shutdown. I, I think that it's time for... The that was my next question. Who, Stu Peters, you're a smart guy. I respect you. How do we fight this? Not just... Know the lockdown's coming. Know the rollout's Listen, here incrementally. Point. How do we stop a deadness tracks? Uh, you know, it, it's going to take not another presidential candidate. It's not going to take a Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, it's not going to take an, an RFK, you know, who's a liberal. It's not going to take Donald Trump. No, it's, we, this country does not need another presidential candidate or another actor. What this, pres, what this country needs is like, William Wallace. Okay, now I'm going to jump in just to help you out with this. <clears throat> William Wallace was uh, pretty much one of the most well-known, uh, uh, renowned leaders um, during the wars that were taking place when Great Britain or the English crown was trying to take over Ireland and Scotland, okay, which resulted in some of the most uh, violent um, conflagrations that you can possibly imagine in the history of the world. Okay, so when he said that, that was code. That was code for um, something much, much bigger that we already know is on the horizon. Let's go ahead and rewind just a tiny bit and let him say it again. It's going to take not another presidential candidate. It's not going to take a Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, it's not going to take an, an RFK, you know, who's a liberal. It's not going to take Donald Trump. No, it's, we, th this country does not need another presidential candidate or another actor. What this, pres what this country needs is like a William Wallace. I mean, this is, this is the, the leader of a real opposition that is, that is going to sacrifice and, and take major risks. They're going to risk their own life. They're going to risk 
the safety of their children. They're going to risk imprisonment for wrong think or saying the wrong thing. They're going to act in accordance with the Constitution that was, you know, built on blood and death and imprisonment and torture and misery. It's going to take somebody to actually lead millions of people to tear down and abolish a government that has become murderously oppressive to God-given, inherent, inalienable rights. No, I- Alright, so anyway, on that note, if you want to go ahead and watch it, you can go to Infowars.com, watch the whole thing. It is uh, pretty darn impressive, and um, Stu Peters definitely doesn't um, pull any bunches. He goes right for the throat, and um, uh, and he really what he says is the same thing that a lot of other people have said, many of which I have played on this radio show, but um, the other people, when they said what they said, uh, it was kind of like encoded. It was inferred. They didn't come right out and say it like um, like Stu Peters is saying it. So um, it is really fascinating to, at least for me it is, uh, to know uh, prophetically, um, again, you know, Dimitri Duneman, um, you know, the visions of uh, David Wilkerson, the list just goes on and on and on. There was another one, I just can't remember who it was. If I could, I would name their name, but uh, was given to my sister Bala that saw the big X over the top of the United States, which, by the way, mimics perfectly the X that's going to happen on August the, I think, 24th of this next uh, spring. Okay, and when that when that uh, you know eclipse uh, occurs, it will form that proverbial X. Okay, which was what the uh, one prophet had seen in a vision uh, made out of gunpowder and said that it had ignited in the very center of the X, which was in southern illinois all right so again when you're seeing all this stuff uh being broadcast across the, you know the world uh and 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 it is uh and you know you know when you say that you know snoop peters ten, you know 10 million dollars a tweet or 10 million listeners to any one of his potential tweets right you got 50 million listeners to Infowars. the multiplication factor of the retweets the multiple multiplication factor of the people that um publish this information on their websites is it's you can't count it you just can't count it it's an undeterminable absolutely phenomenally humongous number of people just the 50 million that infowars is claiming for the for the uh warning on the covid lockdown coming <clears throat> this country has 350 million people in it supposedly one third of those 350 million people are unemployed for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into that. Okay. Imagine that. That's a, a lot of people, folks. That's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. If you're hitting 50 million, you're almost certainly talking to half, no less than half of the, how do I say this? I've got to pick my words carefully here. Um, you're, you're talking to half of the how do 
I say this? Intellectuals. You're talking to the people that are very smart, that understand what's going on. They don't want to get thrown in jail for 10 years. They're smart enough to keep their mouth shut. They're, they know what's coming. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, they're preparing quietly. Uh, they, know, they, they know. They know everything that, that, that is being said out there. They see the warnings. They're ready to go. Okay, don't even get me going on all of the militias that, you know, supposedly the FBI has been keeping their mind. You know, did you forget, forget, forget about the, you know, the, 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 uh, the bomber? What's the name of that guy, that, the, the, the yada yada bomber? Uh, the, anyway, I can't remember all of this stuff, but the bottom line is, why hasn't the FBI gone in and swooped in on any of these militias that are supposed to be in the dozens and dozens, really huge, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are in these militias they've been practicing for decades? Okay, how come there hasn't been any arrest? You know why? Because they want those militias to be out there. They want this civil war to occur. Okay, this is part of their master plan. All right. And um, so anyway, I've talked about this a gazillion times. I'm not going to get into all the details, but I just um, I really tip my hat. I really tip my hat to this interview, the content of the interview and how to the point it actually was. Also, if you're interested, if you go to stewpeters.com, S-T-E-W-P-E-T-E-R-S.com. Now, remember, Ephesians, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. We are to be like Jesus. We are sojourners on this earth. So you need to think of yourself as a minor God, which you are. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 34, he said he was talking to the Pharisees and whoever else was listening and hanging around. He said, have I not said in your law that ye are gods, little g gods? He was referring to Psalm 82. It's indisputable. I don't care what Hebrew scholar out there may contest me. They're actually the only one that I knew that might contest me is in heaven right now. So at this point, we, we know who we are. When Jesus faced Pontius Pilate, he said, if my kingdom was from here, my servants would fight, but my kingdom is not from here. My servants would fight and save me from the Jews. Are, are you following along with me here? So this notion, particularly an American notion, that you, you know that we have some sort of godly duty to go out and slaughter people, we're not even from here. We're sojourners, man. We're waiting for our rescue ship. Okay, and who knows? Maybe it's a spirit, completely a spiritual thing. And the two wings of the great eagle that's mentioned in Revelation chapter twelve has nothing to do with a big blue th- object in the sky that everybody testifies they saw when they were getting raptured in many, many rapture visions. Maybe that's not a big blue spaceship. Maybe that's something else. Maybe it's a portal. Maybe it's a wormhole. Who knows? I don't care. At the end of the day, I want off this alien demon infested rock in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah! I cannot wait. Now. All that being said, I got sent by Terry Hill a snippet, an audio bite um, of, I don't know if it was secretly recorded or not. I don't know. I don't have any backfill on this, but I'm going to go ahead and play it. And, oh, by the way, I haven't pre-listened to it. So if somebody comes on here and starts dropping like endless F-bombs, don't blame me. Blame Terry Hill. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, she sent it to me at the last minute. She knew, she knew the show was starting, uh, and, uh, and, and she wanted to get it over the wall to me as soon as possible. But evidently, this is some sort of a recording of, I don't know, executives or whatever at Disney talking about how they want to, if you will, sexualize children. All right? Amen? Amen. Praise God. And let's go ahead and click on this and see what comes up. 
Thank you. I'm Alan Bergman. I'm the co-chair of the entertainment division at Disney. And we have a special announcement to make today. As you know, Disney is a place of magic. It's where frogs turn into princes, where orphans like Cinderella can transform into beautiful princesses. And unlike us jaded adults, the children believe in magic. And we spent a hundred years cultivating a brand that has been trusted and loved by families for generations. And with that trust, we've covertly been inserting queerness into our films and television shows. First as LGBTQ background characters and later in leading roles and plots. And few parents know that two years ago now for Pride Month on Disney Plus, our streaming service, we streamed the Disney Plus Drag Queen Extravaganza to help introduce queer ideologies and sexualities to the children and encourage them to experiment on their own. And we're proud of our perfect DEI score, our diversity, equity, and inclusion score, but we always strive to go above and beyond what is expected. And so we're proud to announce that this summer we're going to be opening Disney-themed pediatric transgender clinics for the children across the country. As you know, there's still a tremendous stigma against parents deciding to change the gender of their children, especially for those raising their children as gender non-binary and using they, them pronouns. And so we're confident that with our Disney brand puberty blockers and our character-themed clinics that we can help reduce this stigma and we can normalize these ideas and we can make them mainstream. Other brands like Bud Light, Gillette, and Pantene have helped pave this path and we're proud to take the lead and bring us into the new world order. We want to thank Governor Gavin Newsom, President Joe Biden, Assistant Health Secretary Rachel Levine, an incredible woman. I notice I didn't say transgender woman. She's a real woman. And it's about time that we stop making these divisive distinctions when talking about her. <clears throat> and then, of course, they show a little picture here of Michael Obama. <clears throat> Hold on just a second. I got to mute my mic. I'm, I'm sorry. I. I think I'm going to yak. Hold on. Just, hold on a second. Oh, oh, okay. Whew. It's a good thing I kept a bucket nearby the, the Golden JIB Studios uh, uh, desk here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, boy. All right. Next one up here is DeSantis' statement on Trump. Ron DeSantis. Now, you know what? I pivot around a lot. Once again, I like trans, you know, maybe I like uh, DeSantis one day. Maybe I don't like him. Maybe I like, you know, maybe I think Elon Musk has some merit. Then I watch a little bit more information. I do a little more deep diving, and I realize he's a satanic son of a beep. Anyway, um, all that being said, people are being played left and right. I always like to give the benefit of the doubt because that's just the kind of guy I am. All right. But, um, you know, but I'm always researching, always digging deeper, deeper, deeper and pulling, you know, multiple layers of that onion until I get down to what's really going on now. Other than the fact that um, DeSantis has made some errors in uh, publicly stating that he had to talk to his 
the people that were funding his campaign in order to answer certain questions, which was a colossal mistake, which, by the way, was heard by Colonel Douglas McGregor and rebroadcast literally worldwide. Okay, so that that's a pretty big colossal mistake. Uh, there's a lot of other claims associated with Soros funding and, and all, just, I mean, my goodness, the list of bad stuff against the Sanders is unbelievable. Now, um, uh, but anyway, um, I will say this. As far as track records, look, I'm not into the – I don't care about the stupid presidential election. I'm totally with Stu Peters. I, I'm totally with Alex Jones. I think they're going to blow up Trump's plane or they're just going to – somehow he's going to wiggle his way into the office, which will probably happen, uh, and then they're going to kill him. As simple as that. Okay, and then we'll have the civil war that we – you know, that Stu was talking about. Okay, and, and, you know, but, but so – but anyway, I'm going to play this little snippet here, and then we'll move on. All right, this is just DeSantis making a comment about Trump. One of the arguments that many of the MAGA people will say that you are controlled by the Bushes and the Cheneys, <laughs> that you are a rhino, that this is the real reason why you're running. I'd like to kind of put those things to rest once and for all. What is your response to that? Well, it's just totally fabricated. I mean, I uh, have the boldest record of any uh, elected Republican in the country. I mean, how many Repub uh, establishment Republicans would send troops to the southern border? How many uh, establishment Republicans would ban transgender surgeries for minors? How many establishment Republicans would eliminate critical race theory from our K-12 through schools? How many uh, establishment Republicans would have been willing to fund transportation for illegal aliens to go to Martha's Vineyard? Uh, how many establishment Republicans would have done the constitutional carry for Second Amendment or the heartbeat bill? So uh, it just flies in the face of, of everything that we've ever done for our record. And, and, oh, by the way, I mean, I've been fighting the Republican establishment of my whole career, including as a founding member of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, we showed how it's done in Florida. We came in. We drained this swamp here in Florida. Uh, and the state's never done better as a result. And we he did actually. Victory, uh, that no Republican governor candidate has ever uh, achieved in the history of the state of Florida. So to the people who make those claims. They make it so much. Why do you think that they say these things? Is there a reasoning behind it, or do they really think that? I don't think they think it. I think that we, we, we have a strand in our, in our party that views supporting Trump as whether you are um, a, a rhino or not. And so you could be the most conservative person since sliced bread. Unless you're kissing his rear end, they will somehow call you a rhino. So it's been totally detached from principle and what you actually believe and results and it's more about, you know, just what faction you happen to do. So there'll be people uh, who are huge Trump supporters, like in Congress, who have like incredibly liberal left wing records that, that's really just atrocious. And yet they're viewed as by, by some of these folks as like as like really, really good. Then you have other people, you know, like a Congressman Chip Roy, who's endorsed me, Congressman Thomas Massey. These guys have records of principle fighting the swamp that are second to none. And yet they will be attacked by some of these people and, and called rhinos. Uh, so it's just been totally detached from any type of substance. And ultimately, a movement can't be about the personality of one individual. The movement has got to be about what are you trying to achieve on behalf of the American people. And that's got to be based in principle, uh, because if you're not rooted in principle, uh, if all we are is listless vessels that's just supposed to follow, you know, whatever happens to come down the pike on Truth Social every morning, th that's not going to be a durable movement. 
All right. So I don't know about you, but I think, uh, you know, and I live in Florida. I'm a beneficiary of him. Uh, You know, they actually made a constitutional amendment in the state of Florida that said that there will be no financial institutions that participate in CBDCs or no will be no digital IDs. This stuff is part of the Constitution of the state of Florida. So basically, Florida has essentially, under the leadership of DeSantis, has, uh, well, seceded from the United States of America. (laughs) We have nothing in common with the other 49 states. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Also, I think it's very interesting to find out, I did not know this, that according to the AP Newswire, DeSantis is now assembling, believe it or not, a grand jury investigation in the state of Florida to investigate all the stuff having to do with COVID-19 vaccines. So he's going to be bringing all these shape-shifting reptilians into a grand jury from Pfizer and Moderna and uh, Fauci and all these evil entities from the bowels of hell, and he's going to put them in front of a grand jury, and we're going to see exactly what's going to happen with that. I don't know when this is all going to go down, so we'll just keep our eyes peeled on it and see where it goes. And am I even going to bother to vote? Why? Please, somebody tell me why I would. But anyway, because I'm not from here, and I'm not staying here. I am a sojourner. My Bible says in the book of James, if I am friends with the earth, I am at enmity with God. That means I don't care what happens on the earth. What I care about is saving souls of my fellow brothers and sisters who haven't woken up yet to realize that they're not from here either. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And on that note, let's go ahead and progress through the rest of the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, It's not normal. This is disturbing. (laughs) Game over. All right, praise God. I just want to give a shout out to Sister Paula in France um, because she kind of did some digging on this. So it turns out that the um, – so, again, the Daily Mail reports on the front front page headlines, the United Kingdom COVID cases nearly doubled in a month amidst the rise of two mutant variants. Officials figures uh, – or official figures suggest that the BA.2 2.86 continues to sweep the globe. Now, just so you're aware, I'm just going to fill in a couple of blanks because I don't want to spend the whole show on this. But there are multiple hospitals, multiple venues, multiple places all over the United States that are going into full lockdown right now requiring masks, and people are completely unaware. And they're going to get surprised. I got a text message from my ex-wife, and she was like, I went over to Yeti Yetta's for lunch, and they made me wear a mask. And I said, oh, yeah, it's going to get a lot worse, and it's going to happen real fast. People don't see it coming. It's really going down hard in Canada, and it's just, they're, going to, they're going to double down on it this time, folks. It's going to get ugly. Oh, and by the way, just so you know, they've already started announcing to everybody that whatever vaccines you have taken, if you have, Don't count. You're going to need a whole new round of vaccines and boosters because this one is so evil, so different. Oh, yeah. So roll up your sleeve. 
All right. So anyway, so Sister Paula did some digging around, and I was like, she showed me some things, and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty darn cool. So they're calling this the BA.2.86 um, variant. Okay, this is the one that's going to put us all on lockdown and ruin our Christmases, probably bleed over in the next year. Anyway, so she looks up the two, the number 286 in the, in the uh, uh, Strong's Concordance. Get this. All right. Hold on. I have to scroll an extra for, far. So in the Strong's Concordance, NT-286 means omnos, a sacrificial lamb. How do you like them apples? Praise God. That's amazing. A sacrificial lamb. And, you know, they, they worship Satan. They hang out with Satan. They hang out with the Dracos. They drink blood and adrenochrome. They kill babies. This is their thing. Of course they would want it to be tied to a sacrificial lamb. Get it? So simple, so straightforward. And, I, again, wow, Paula, good job there. And then it turns out they have a nickname. A nickname. And the nickname is P-I-R-O-L-A, Pirola. Okay, and, and there's a bunch of blah, blah, blah on Google and all the censored stuff and all this. It's just total bunk. It's dripping bovine feces. It's absolutely the worst. Ah, goodness gracious, the words. I, you, anyway, so um, I took a look around. I started probing around using Duck DuckGo, of course. And I and uh, um and th- there was a website t- that that specialized in the meanings of what's called surnames. You know, surname is like, um, you know, like if my name was Johnny, you know, if it wasn't my pen name or or nom de boom, okay, uh, radio show name, my surname would be Baptist. John Baptist. Baptist would be my surname. All right. Now, um, well, it turns out the surname Parola. And I'm gonna, I'll just read this to you. Quote, the surname Parola consists of six letters. Oh, no, there's that evil six number again. And it goes on to say, carriers of this surname are often called, oh, you're going to love this, egoists, narcissists. And it goes on to say, basically, they are quite bright and outrageous personalities who like to draw attention on themselves. Stay tuned. They do this through defiant behavior, bright clothes, and catchy makeup. Can anyone say LGBT, LMNOP, um, drag queens? Are you putting this together here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, immediately after uh, 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 Alex Jones um, got the calls from the feds, uh, the federal whistleblowers that stay super-duper on the down low because they don't want to go to jail for like 10 years and be locked away, um, uh, <clears throat> and he made the announcement on his program. Uh, the word spread like wildfire. Stu Peters and all these other people on Twitter, and I mean gazillions of people on Twitter were like forwarding, 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 forwarding. So who knows how many millions, 30, 40, 50 million probably people got the news, right? Get this. Within, within like less than one day, oh, no, 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 no. This, this cannot be happening. Hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Oh, no. I've got to go find it. I can't believe I forgot to put the link in there. All right. Just a second. Hold on. I'm going over here. 
Um, Stu Peters interview, the arrival of amazing person on the line factory, DARPA, DARPA, DARPA. Um, Got to go down further, even further. Greek, horrific. Okay. Wait a minute. All right. So let me try to do a search in here. I'm just going to type in lock down. Okay. Hold on a second. See what I hit. Mass mandate back within hours. Okay, here it is. Within hours of the Alex Jones show, they this is what started happening on the mind control TV. It is making a comeback this summer, so many of us would like to leave it in the past, but cases are once again on the rise. So when will new booster shots roll out? Ann Thompson asked the CDC director. This summer, most Americans left COVID in the past, gathering together once again mask-free. But tonight, signs of a COVID resurgence. Across the country, COVID hospitalizations jumped more than 14% in the most recent week, but far lower than pandemic level. NBC News medical contributor, Dr. Kavita Patel. What's behind this uptick in COVID that we're seeing? The main driver of this is a variant that's relatively newer to the scene, EG5. It's easier to give and get, so that makes it kind of easier to pass along. It's been almost a year since the last COVID booster came out. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen. The new COVID booster is expected to be approved by the FDA, and then we will make recommendations from the CDC probably by the second or third week of September. Will it protect against this new strain? Yes. The booster is tailored to what we are seeing circulating now. Critics say the federal government is behind once again. People knew there was going to be a COVID resurgence. You know what? I've already filled up my bucket of yak, so anyway, <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, and tally-ho, and away we go. Breitbart News reports the Biden administration to urge all Americans get a coronavirus booster. And it shows, once again, the shape-shifting reptilian with the rubber mask that refers to itself as Biden, which we know it isn't. Okay, we don't even know exactly what it is. And you know what? Quite frankly, I don't want to know. All I want to see is it get thrown into the lake of fire. And I want to hear the scream bloody murder sounds as it's happening. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Vengeance is yours, Father. And just like the martyrs underneath the throne, when, O oh Lord, our Father, when? Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Major movie studio reinstates mask mandates effective immediately. Lionsgate will require masking for employees until further notice. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Another one. Multiple businesses have been destroyed in Brooklyn, New York, due to a sudden fire. Oh, no. Could it be another space laser? We don't know. It probably is. Of course it is. Anyway, um, let's listen to this lady. I don't know who she is. She's wearing big black. She's got a Jesus cross on, and she's making a commentary. And I listened to this, and I was like, wow. Man, she's right on. She's on it. On it. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and listen to her. Here we go. Pulling it up. Praise God. Bam. 15 days, death toll tallies, intubations, lockdowns, masks save lives, months pass by, get tested, vaccines save lives, months pass by, death toll tallies, economic collapse, months pass by, masks don't work, vaccines don't work, the tests don't work, get tested anyway, do you see it yet? 
climate change, sex change, follow the science. Men are women. Ignore the science. Women are cis. They don't exist. Breastfeeding is chest feeding. They, them, kids are sexual. Little girls are kinky. Eight-year-old drag queens because trans is beautiful and degeneracy is tolerant. Do you see it yet? 
<laughs> so I have a feeling that the, um, you know, the uh, three-letter agencies, I don't have a feeling. I know it is a fact. They're preparing to round people up and kill them. I don't know if this means that, you know, look, I'm perfectly fine with a laser from outer space hitting me. If it's tonight, cool. Miss. That's the thing. Don't miss. But the Lord probably wants me around a little while longer. I don't know. But anyway, it's it. you know, whatever. I just felt that power come down, and it was like, don't type your email. I'm like, okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, horrific wildfires in Russia. They've got photographs and videos of that. It's absolutely unbelievable and out of control. They're all over the world. They're all, all across South America, all across Australia, all across Russia, all across Europe, all across across Canada, all across everywhere. It's unbelievable. There are parts of Canada that are so far north that, like, you can hear, you know, we are Santa's elves. We are Santa's elves. I mean, it's that far north. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, this is great. i got to play this. These Hey, our apocalyptic sounds have come back. Yeah, the War of the Worlds sky trumpet alien mothership sounds have returned. And let me tell you something, folks. They have returned gangbusters. Listen to this one. Don't ask me where it is. I don't know. in the background going, what is that? Crazy. Crazy, man. It's another location. Could be anywhere, Thailand, Indonesia. Looks like that's up north somewhere. Listen to that. They're fun, aren't they? I love them. I love them. It's like, because remember, we're waiting for David Doetry's big uh, copper uh, colored. Well, it's that same uh, thing that they got in the the sculpture that they got in the United Nations building, the the Vatican Library. I mean, they've got hundreds of them all over the globe right now. It used to be at one time they only had one. I'm sorry. They only had two of them, one at the United Nations, one at the Vatican Library. And they're just these big, giant, shiny copper sculptures of could, what could be called nothing but a Death Star mothership. And I told you, I've told people many times that Augusto Perez was on the on the program. We were talking about that, and he said, "Oh, the Lord gave me a vision of that, and there were many different types of aliens uh, flying around it in their spaceships and stuff." And I was like, "Wow, cool, great conf- confirmation." Here's another one. Okay, now um, just as a 
point of warning uh, for any of you that have your little ones with you and you don't want them to hear, you know, naughty words and stuff. Uh, there is a bit of a naughty word here. Well, not a bit of one. It's like the king of naughty ones. It's, you know, you know, it's like like in, in, the, in the thing, you know, with uh, uh, Ralphie, you know, in A Christmas Story, you know, uh, where he goes, oh, fudge. Okay, that's the one. So put hands over your uh, kids' ears. But here's another creepy, weird uh, uh, mothership sound. Okay, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, are people going to be surprised. People think these things are demons? Wait until they see what, they, what they're about to see in this guy. They're going to have a wake-up call. It's so big, they're going to be like, it's got to be Project Bluebeam. And it's like, no, take another look. <laughs> like, oh, well, whatever. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so let's go ahead and take a listen to this. What the fuck is that sound? You can hear that, right? Yeah, what is it? I've got no idea. We're up at Bonnie Down. We're up on the hill. anything, but I can certainly hear that. It's aliens. I'm going to stop it right there because he nailed it. He goes, it's aliens. <laughs> and for him, we're going to play the trumpet fanfare. He wins the booby prize. Aliens. Here, let's leave. Well, I want to hear that again. Here we go. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> oh, here is a live do weapon, you know, a directed energy weapon attack in Canada. The, the guy, I don't know what was going on that the guy happened to have his video camera up and running at the moment. So maybe there were a couple of events. Who knows? But it, But he kept his camera running. Okay, and I'm just going to tell you what what happens, okay, because you're not going to be able to see it, but I'm going to tell you what happens. So over the tree line in front of him, he's in a parking lot, I guess, with his wife or maybe his daughter or something like that, and he's looking over the tree line. Now, what happens is the entire sky turns bright orange. I mean, really super bright orange. And then all of a sudden, some something hits the ground, and it's like, and you can hear like his wife in the background going, <laughs> you know. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and play this little bitty, little ditty here. All right, here we go. All right, try again. There we go. Harrison, I will take anybody down for you. Look at that. Look at that. Yep, that ain't supposed to happen. So his wife's like, I think it's his wife, maybe not, but in the background crying, going, <laughs> and he's going, that ain't supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Praise God. Another headline up. Who 
Google announces wide worldwide ban on independent media from search results. So now they are going to the extremes in their censorship industrial complex to block out everything except CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, da 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 And I'm like, you know what? I have my DuckDuckGo app right on the main page of my phone, right on the, my computer, and I am here to tell you, Google is toast for me. Um, so anyway, praise God. I, you know, and I, I don't care. I just really, it's just, to me, it's all irrelevant. We're almost out of here, folks. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. All right, next one up. All right, in 2021, Ram, Ramaswamy was nominated and selected as the World Economic Forum Young Global Leader. So Vivek Ramaswamy is a Soros fellow. Soros paid for his, oh, law school at, no way, Yale. Can anyone say skull and bones? And by the way, that one news reporter that confronted Jim Carrey and uh, uh, George W. Bush on their uh, time in skull and bones, they murdered him. Yeah, just a couple of months later after he did, uh, after he brought that up on the interview with Kerry and uh, Bush. Yep, took him out, took him out. Forget the guy's, forget the guy's name, but kind of sad. But anyway, um, another headline up. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Multiple business fires in New York City are, are just absolutely humongous fires. Massive fires in the Canary Islands off the um, western coast of uh, Africa. Uh, also, there's photographs of the uh, Aurelia uh, Hospital. It's an Aurelia, Ontario, and they're already putting up glass partitions so the people that are sitting in the waiting room can have their own little, you know, plexiglass cubicle. Because heaven forbid you might get hit with a BA-286. Sleepy little lamb led to the slaughter. Dodger Stadium totally underwater. I watched a lot of videos, not a lot, uh, maybe half a dozen, of various people in Chula Vista, California. Uh, man, they got hit real hard by Hillary. Okay. Um, and um, also, the um, alternative media rumor mill has it that Hurricane Hillary also wiped out an untold number of highly classified Clinton emails. And on that note, let's bring on Brother Lauren Peterson. Yo, yo, Lauren, you there? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yo, yo, what up? <laughs> hey, 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 let's look for that Von Helton video we were talking about the other night. Hold on a second. Von, no, wait, wait, yeah. no, wait. I, I know I know what i got to search on. Hold on. Control F. Well, this is going way back in time. Folks, if you're one of those masochistic people that like to punish yourself and you've been around since 2011 listening to this program, you will probably remember this particular Von Helton video. 
All right, so I'm going to type in the word tripod, squint my eye, strange, up, oh, yep, and here it is, Von Helton. Von, evidently, Von Helton was walking down the road in his, uh, you know, rural, wherever he lives sort of place, and he heard one of those sky trumpet sounds and came forward and said, hey, hey, it does sound like the uh, tripod sound in War of the Worlds. Folks, I just now, just a few minutes ago, the time is... 5.01 p.m. The date is Tuesday, 24th of April, 2012. I stepped outside to go over to Mom's trailer to tell her something, and I hear this loud noise that sounds like the tripod metallic monsters from War of the Worlds. I heard the mysterious noise of 2012 myself just now. Unfortunately, the wife did not hear it with me, which kind of sucks. And unfortunately, I did not have my damn camera with me. But I did, in fact, just now, hear the mysterious noise of 2012. And it does sound like those tripod things from War of the Worlds. It actually does. It's creepy. Oh, they're just demons, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're just demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, you betcha. <laughs> you sound kind of Amish. You know, they, they, I, I did some searching because my daughter and I theoretically are going to be going to Christmas uh, in Pennsylvania again. And, yes, I figured I would never go back. That's true. But then when my daughter piped up and wanted to go – and she hasn't been there for like 10 years. I was like, I got all mushy and stuff and kind of caved and whatever. But then I was like, you know, our favorite place to go eat is uh, called Your Place. That's the actual name of the restaurant, Your Place. And we would always go to the Hershey location. Yes, that is Chocolate Town, USA, where Milton Hershey uh, built the first uh, milk chocolate factory. And oh, it's an incredible story. Anyway, um, and so anyway, uh, that's where we always go. That, to the Hershey location, which, by the way, was the original location of, of your place. And they make the most incredible stromboli in the entire world. It is absolutely to die for. Amazing. Well, I go look it up, you know, because uh, I want to get pumped up about it and whatever. And um, it's closed. They permanently closed the Hershey location of your place, the original location. But fortunately, they still have two they used to have like eight locations in central Pennsylvania, but now they're down to just two left. And one of them, thank you, Jesus, just happens to be down the road from my sister Marilyn's house in East Berlin, Pennsylvania, by about probably 20-minute ride. So that ain't too bad. So I'm not too bummed out, although I would much, much, much rather go to the original one, which is where I used to go every single Christmas time for the better part of over 30 years. All right. But anyway, times are changing and we're getting ready to leave this alien demon infested rock. Lauren, what do you got to say about all these things? I have a lot to say about all these things. <laughs> well, I can't seem to get you to shut up. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure you betcha. <laughs> okay. Um, can I say a prayer first? <laughs> Sounds like you need to because you're sounding very uh, Amish, like Lancaster Amish-like, almost like you're welcoming, welcoming us to the um, the Lancaster location of your place. So anyway, yeah. but that's cool. I, 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 I like the Heaston, Burning, Gernin, Sternin sort of Amish sort of sound. So go for it. <laughs> but yes, please do. All right. uh, prayers, welcome always. Okay. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight that we can come together in this technological format. Even though it's derived from fallen angel technology, we lift it back up to you. We thank you that we can take advantage of fallen angel technology unto your glory and unto expanding our knowledge and our wisdom of your word, our relationship with you, that our eyes can be opened, our lives can be increased as per your word and the eternal destiny that you founded for each one of us in and through you from before creation was even created. So everybody who listens to this show tonight and previous shows and shows that come after, not just mine, but all the other guests that John has and John himself puts on, We ask for your anointing to open up the eyes, not just physical eyes in the physical realm around us, but the spiritual eyes of people who listen to these shows and to entice them, to grip them into a deeper relationship with you one-on-one and deeper deep dive into your word so that we're not caught unawares of what the enemy is doing and will be doing in the days and months and years to come. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Okay, so we look at the world around us and we assume things. Here in the Western world, we've been very wise in our own eyes to craft a world after our own imaginations, thereby disregarding former generations, the wisdom of former generations, we we don't hand that down anymore or we relegate it to myths and legends and we in a more modern context we call it science fiction kind of stuff. But in other cultures around the world that still remember the old stories, they still teach their children the old stories, the myths, the legends, as being real. And so Even at a young age, they know about certain things that transcend beyond the five senses. They know about certain places where you should not go if you want to remain amongst the living. Certain places in the mountains, certain places uh, near water areas, you just don't go. Maybe certain times of the day or night, you know, that kind of thing. They have that wisdom, and they've included it, even though they have modernized their modernized their cultures, but they still adhere to the old teachings. So even if they're not Christians, they're not caught unawares like we are in the Western world. When we see, for example, when we see a volcano, we trust what the scientists tell us is the workings of a volcano. So what I'm about to present to you is one of the... <laughs> just one of many bizarre examples. But again, if we can understand that the world around us, we typically in the Western world have been taught to see through our natural senses and disregard the supernatural. 
And so we look for mechanical explanations that we can touch, feel, reason with. And everything from the old world that's been passed down, we think, oh, that's just myths and legends and people maybe on drugs hallucinating or some wild, crazy thing. You know, we don't take it as real. Okay, so recent readings I've done on this one website um, confirms validates things I've learned over the years and even gone beyond because this is this person's personal revelations from the Lord, direct one-on-one. And if you are out there and you feel like maybe you've left the church and, you know, I was brought up in the church, okay? So, but by 2002, which is one year after, or let's see, 2000. To uh, 9/11, 2001, right? Um, when 9/11 happened, about a year later, I left the church because so many church members there. The, the, like, there's only one person in the church I was going to who understood the truth of 9/11 and a lot of other things. I could really talk to him, but everybody else was just a parrot, just parroting what the pastors would say, and the pastor was simply parroting what. President George Bush was saying, okay, or parroting what, you know, everybody's parroting, all the Christians parroting what TBN, as Trinity Broadcast Network, somebody on there was saying. Just parrot rather than going one-on-one with Jesus and going before the Lord and seeking him directly and through his word. to find 9-11, okay. So likewise with the, the pandemic and the lockdowns and the mandates and everything, parroting, 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 lemmings falling out, you know, Pied Pipers following out, you know, doing their song and dance, and millions and millions of people following the world's Pied Pipers to their deaths or maimed for life. So there's a world beyond our five senses that surround us 24-7, and that world is largely... God in his mercy has sealed you normally under normal circumstances, has sealed that world away from our awareness. But here and there, bits and pieces, those other realms that surround us 24-7 do make their appearance or do make their sounds. And what we're seeing with these um, sky, sky sounds, sky trumpets, could very well be um, other dimensional beings. You see, the dimensional barriers that keeps them in their dimension and us in our dimension are falling down. Those dimensional barriers are falling down. The gates are being opened. And so these sky trumpets on one one example, uh, one possibility is that they are announcing their presence before they become visible to our eyes. We hear them before we see them. And when we finally do see them, um, I, the Bible says many will, uh, their hearts will fail them for fear. 
Now, for those cultures in the world today who have passed these things, this understanding of these things down from children on up, pass them down from generations, they will not be surprised when this stuff happens. But we in the Western world, and especially us Christians, who just, oh, they're just demons. <laughs> okay. I hope you have a good um, burial, burial policy, life insurance policy. But, you know, under these circumstances, it won't matter because under these circumstances, when they make themselves known en masse, the whole econ- world global economy will collapse if it hasn't collapsed already by then. So you, your burial policy, your life insurance won't be able to pay out squat, okay? So it won't matter. All your money you put into all this to take care of your dead corpse isn't going to matter. So there's realms all around us, multidimensional realms, and that's not including within our own 3D 3D dimension a realm that extends beyond the upper atmosphere of this Earth into the outer planets and beyond into other solar systems within the Milky Way galaxy and then into other galaxies within our three-dimensional realm. And that doesn't include other dimensions within other universes, other galaxies, solar systems, planets within other universes and other dimensional realities, okay, of creatures being let loose. It's going to be a complete freak show, folks, complete freak show. If you were to combine every freaky thing, supernatural thing that Hollywood has put out for the last 50, 60 years, you could amp that up a million fold and still not come close to the freak show that's going to be coming down, okay, coming all around. And who's going to be prepared for that? Even those of us who have studied these kinds of things for years or even decades, it's kind of like, you know, you uh, before you become a parent, you're going to be diligent. You take a lot of parenting courses. You read up books, Internet, you know, read up on it. You've got maybe friends who are married and have kids, and maybe you have babysitted in your past or currently ba- help, help babysit, you know. So you think you've got some understanding on how kids work, you know, and what you would do if you were a parent. And when you do become a parent, you find out you can just about throw all, all that out the window because you're dealing with a unique individual here. That baby, a cute little baby, okay, <laughs> swaddling clothes, turns into a monster, okay, <laughs> for a lot of parents, because they have a will of their own. And everything you thought you knew, you don't know squat. You have to go back to the drawing board on how to deal with that individual. And so if you're a Christian then you obviously have to pray to Jesus. How do I deal with this baby, with this child, you know, toddler, child, preteen? Every step of the way, it becomes a lifetime commitment to that individual or a number of individuals that you've helped bring into this three-dimensional realm, okay? (laughs) And... uh, because ultimately Jesus knows how to work with that person. And so you might have to go before the Lord in true humility on how to deal with that person. And maybe tonight if I have time, I'll get into some possible explanations of where people come from. <laughs> okay, Where they come from. But, okay, so the 
there's a lot of things I want to touch upon, so I'll be bouncing here and there and everywhere tonight. But the Maui fire, after everything I've read and seen so far, would be highly indicative that it was planned, a planned sacrifice of souls by the deep state. That to sink in. 9-11 was a planned sacrifice of almost 3,000 souls. A planned sacrifice. Inside job assisted by an outside interest to pull that off. Billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of dollars leading up to and including that fateful moment to pull it off and to cover it up. A planned sacrifice. Our government thinks nothing of sacrificing its people, sacrificing other people throughout the world. We've seen that Hiroshima, Nagasaki. They were not military targets, so why did we bomb them? They were sacrificed. Dresden, not a military target in Germany. Why did we firebomb them off the face of the earth? A sacrifice. This is who we're dealing with, folks, that have control of most governments of the world. They don't think twice about sacrificing their own people or sacrificing you or me or whoever they deem needful or willing to sacrifice to their gods. And I want to suggest to you that it's kind of difficult to imagine this because we mostly live through our five senses, and what we can reason with in our minds. And so, consequently, we are not always in tune with the supernatural realms all around us, nor the supernatural realms that are out there, that be out out outer space. And so we just live in our little fish bowls, you know, and we think that this is our only reality when we're surrounded by millions of realities. And I want to suggest to you the possibility that volcanoes are not just volcanoes, that in an alternate dimensional reality, there is something else going on within those volcanoes. Something else or some being from long ago that's been held in chains bound up in chains within the confines of a, what we call a volcano. So it starts to make sense when uh, you throw vestral virgins into a, a volcano to appease the gods, you know, like a thousand years ago, right? Some of these cultures we think were archaic and barbaric, but they take virgins and throw them into an active volcano to appease the gods. And we think, Oh, you know, how backward, how barbaric. But did they have a certain understanding, a certain wisdom that led them to that act of barbarism, that horrible act? Well, we have our own example in Maui where hundreds, probably over a thousand souls were sacrificed to the being that's held in chains on that island volcano. And I will predict that the day will come when that volcano will erupt. 
and that island will be no more. Both as a consequence of feeding that beast, raging giant. And I would suggest they will even have more sacrifices to that giant that's held in chains within the alternate dimensional reality of that volcano until it blows. But it will also be, on the flip side, a judgment, a wrathful judgment of the Most High against these reptiles. And it won't stop there, folks. So the possibility that there just may be beings that exist within those volcanoes, beings that must be from time to time fed souls, whether directly like throwing virgins into the mouth of a volcano or indirectly through high-tech science, you know, burning down Maui, and and you can bet that there would be high priests of the occult that were doing their chants and spell castings to direct the souls of those who were not saved to the great beast of the volcano, the supposedly dormant volcano of Maui. Okay, um, that it will eventually come back to life full force. I, I'm not aware of its current condition if it's bubbling someplace or making its rumblings or something or if it's dormant, but you can expect at some point it will come full full bore back to life and Maui will be no more. Um, <clears throat> so there's these dimensional beings. And the way to understand that, it, it's kind of difficult in this time frame, but there was an existence here. Uh, you have to go back to the creation account because the creation account under the traditional model falls short. It's fine for teaching Sunday school lessons to school kids. It's fine for most people because they can wrap their mind around the simple story of the creation story. But there's a story embedded within the creation story that's all along for those who have eyes to see. And you're not going to have eyes to see unless Jesus wants you to see that embedded mystery. So one takeaway is what I'm getting back to, uh, again, going back to, I left the formal church in 2002 because everybody there was parroting the same crap and not coming to a truthful honest conclusion of what 9-11 was all about and that all we need is more Republicans in office and we'll save our country you know because GOP stands for God's ordained party well God bless America let's burn some more people for a sacrifice to the great gods <laughs> okay um God bless America so we can kill more people in foreign lands and steal their resources. God bless America. That we can incinerate our own people and kill hundreds of thousands of innocent people through the vaccines. And more to come. Wrapping up their game because they need more people to sacrifice. Do not be their sacrifice. You are a living sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ and not to them. 
if you submit to their protocols, to their sacrifice, you negate your sacrifice to Lord Jesus Christ. Do not comply. This is the line in the sand. Stu Peters, I, I've heard of his name before, but I didn't know who he was. And I'm telling you, this is the first time I heard him was tonight. And wow, what a firebrand, okay? <laughs> wow. He's hitting every nail on the head. Do not become their sacrifice unto their gods. If you're a Christian, you are a living sacrifice unto the Lord Jesus Christ who bought and paid for you through his blood shed at Calvary. You do not become a sacrifice unto their gods. You resist. You do not comply. Because I'm not. The screws to me as a person, I'm going to put the screws right back to them. I'm not putting up with their satanic agenda, no matter what I have to do or say, okay? I'm not going to do it. And before anything goes kinetic, I will be on my knees in prayer, bringing down the strongholds. Disney, I'm putting you on notice. You're going down. Your whole corporate structure is going down. You think you're a titan that can beat the rap of God's beat the rap of God's wrath. You mock him right to his face. You're going down all the way to Sheol. And all you you know what word I want to use starts with a B. You will be forever with your good buddy pal Lucifer in the lake of fire. You'll get what you want. Enjoy. Enjoy it very much. <clears throat> you work so hard for your rewards, and you will achieve them. If I was any Christians working for Disney, if you can, please leave. Please get a job somewhere else. Lionsgate, tell them what they can do with their mask mandate and then find a job somewhere else. Vote with your money. While we still have Federal Reserve notes to vote with, Vote with your money. If Target is already putting up these stalls, because they, they're part of the problem of what's coming down with new mandates and everything, go somewhere else with your money. Walmart, Disney, shut off all the Disney channels. Go find another channel that doesn't do all that crap. Let Disney know with your votes. You're shutting them down out of your life. And if enough of us vote with our money, vote with our, you know, spreads like wildfire, a real um, grassroots effort, and we pray for God's wrath against Disney, they will be brought down. They are full of filth. There's nothing good in them anymore. Maybe not ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I watched Disney on Sunday nights. We we didn't have a church, so you go to Sunday night church services. So I'd watch Disney programs Sunday night, and they were good and wholesome uh, movies at that time. That was 60s and 70s. But now it's all filth. Vote with your dollars. Spread the word. We're not going to put up with their crap anymore. So while we still have a Fed Reserve notes, vote with your notes. Okay. Vote with your notes. Okay, so 
um, I left the church, but in a sense, um, so a lot of people have left the church also, and maybe you feel guilty. But calling out, calling a lot of people out of the churches, maybe you've been called out decades ago, kind of like I was. In, I, I still was going to church, but the beginning process of being a called out one began decades ago for me, a called out one, until I formally left the church in 2002. Okay, So basically the church can teach you a lot of good fundamentals, foundational foundations in the scriptures and faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm not knocking every church here, folks. There's some that are really good at teaching good biblical sound doctrines. And yet Jesus might be calling you to leave that church to go one-on-one with him. All right. Now, if he's doing that to you, it's because he has a specific mission for you, for you, a specific mission, a specific calling. And it's time. It's like, okay, you've been through boot camp. You've been through all the training. Okay. Now, Jesus wants to go with you out into your personal wilderness. One-on-one, he's going to be your commanding officer. He's going to beat your your boot camp, you know, one-on-one boot camp commander guy, okay? He's going to teach you things that you won't be taught in that church, church system. He's going to reveal things in his word. He's going to reveal things in one-on-one with him that will make your walk with him 100% real. That nobody can take away from you. You will know that you know that you know. And once you've been on that journey, experience, wilderness journey, there's no turning back. There's no going back to Egypt. Unless you want to die, you know. There's no turning back to Egypt. You don't want anything that Egypt promises you Forget it. I don't want anything to do anymore with Egypt because I've been on a one-on-one with Jesus and he's opened my eyes to the deceptions of Egypt and Babylon and this whole global world system. And all its filth and perversions, its lies painted as truth, anything the government portrays as truth, you can probably bet it's a lie. And even if it is factually true, you ask the question, okay, they're revealing some truth here. What are they concealing? They'll only tell you the truth to conceal a greater lie, because that's how Lucifer works. And they're in bed with Lucifer. We only have to see what happened in Maui. We only have to see what happened in 9-11. We only have to see what happened in the pandemic and the lockdowns and all the forced vac- mandate vaccinations, what they are willing and capable of doing, and now they want to do it to us again. No, they're not. Not with me, they're not. <clears throat> I've been vaccine-free for, since 1976, 200 years after 1776, that's when God opened my eyes to the truth of vaccines, and I haven't had one since then, not even the flu shot. I am now a pure blood. 
and the blood of Jesus, I confess and you confess, the blood of Jesus, even if you have taken the vaccine, you confess the blood of Jesus flows through my veins. That any weapon formed against me, even the vaccine that I took, shall <laughs> shall be null and void. It, it, it will have no effect, no power over me, not even in my flesh body. I am a new creature in and through Christ Jesus, bought me with a great price. You confess these things through Scripture. Even if you messed up, you took the vaccine, or you've been taking flu shots for 40 years, you confess it, you stop it, you confess it, you declare who you are in Christ Jesus. We hear about weaponizing this and weaponizing that and weaponizing all kinds of stuff to throw a society in a complete turmoil, right? Well, it's time we take <laughs> the cross you have had to bear for many years, maybe decades, will now become your sword. You pick up the cross, it becomes a sword to defeat the enemy. So you think, the cross that Jesus has had you have to bear for so long, it's been so burdensome, but he has a plan for that cross to become your sword, to defeat the enemy in no uncertain terms. So don't feel bad if if you feel like, oh, I don't fit in church anymore. I don't know whether I should leave or not. Okay, Jesus is tapping you on the shoulder, the spiritual, your spirit's shoulder, and maybe it's time for you to go on a one-on-one journey with Jesus and shut yourself off and just pray and meditate and deep dive in his word. I guarantee he will reveal things to you that you never heard from the pulpit, never learned in a Sunday school or Bible study. He'll show you things in his word. Even things that are specific to you and his mission that he's called you for a time such as this, specific to you. Okay, so we think of like the Army, the Navy, the Marines, the Air Force. Individual members might have different assignments. Everybody in the Army doesn't have the same assignment to the same place, do they? Okay, in a war situation, different people, individuals to different groups will have different assignments. Same thing with with us. Jesus will have different, from individuals to groups, he'll have different assignments. And some of that gaining a different assignment is reading, studying, meditating upon his word, that he'll highlight certain parts of his word specific to the mission he wants you on, but might not apply to me, to my mission, you see. Jesus is a very one-on-one, you know, so don't feel bad if, if you feel like you don't fit in or maybe you've been out of church for a while and you'd really like to find a decent church. And if you can, God bless you, you know. But tests, even those churches that appear to be Holy Ghost, you know, <laughs> empowered and everything, there might be some deception there. Okay, so try the spirits to see if they be of God. And in order to try the spirits, you have to have a good foundation as the word. But sometimes... God in his mercy will quicken something to you in your spirit 
that maybe you haven't read in his word yet, but in his mercy to you, you're his child. He wants to bring you upright and protect you. So it's like a, a parent saying "Don't to a little child, don't touch that hot burner. The obedient child will not touch that hot burner. The disobedient child or the curious child will touch that hot burner and pay the price for doing so. So if you're an obedient child, you'll be humbling yourself and be willing to hear the Spirit. And if there's something in your life that's not correct, not right, not pleasing to the Lord, help me, Jesus, to work this out. Sometimes you're involved with other people. You just can't shut the door, go cold turkey on them, (laughs) like family members. Sometimes it is necessary, but sometimes there's too many entanglements. And to untangle something will take some time to work out the salvation in that situation. Um, so again, go before Jesus, pray through it. It's part of our working out of our salvation. All right, so this planet, that there's been civilizations on this planet before it became without form and void. Genesis 1, verse 2. That might be a shock for some of you who have heard this for the first time. The traditional story of the creation story is fine up to a point. But beyond that point, it falls flat. It falls short. It cannot answer the deeper questions. Okay, And that's where deep diving into the real story behind the creation story comes in. So there were former civilizations on this planet, on Mars, on Maldek, and Maldek is the current asteroid belt that used to be a planet between Mars and Jupiter, and on Venus. These four inner planets, high-tech civilizations prior to the angel wars. And we would might call them angel civilizations. Now, angel, we can see uh, like an angel that appeared under Daniel towards the end of the book, book of Daniel. You know, It's not the kind of angel you'd sit down and have some toast and eggs with. Okay, like John mentions a lot of times, it's not that kind of angel. However, the angels appeared unto Abraham. They are the kind of angels you can sit down, have a conversation. If it rains, they might need to have an umbrella. You can eat with them, talk with them, you know, go fishing with them. You know, they look and act and sound just like us, right? Even was Apostle Paul that said that we might be entertaining angels unawares. Okay, so we typically interpret that as good angels, right? But how about bad angels, the fallen angels? Now, hey, maybe we could be entertaining fallen angels unaware that they're fallen because as their master, Lucifer, can appear as an angel of light because that's what he used to be. And that's what these fallen angels used to be, were angels of light, and they still have a good portion of that their, their original light in them. So even in this fallen one-third quarantine system that we're in, they can manifest themselves as angels of light. So how do you detect that? Okay, When they come in with signs and wonders. And we think, oh, lying signs and wonders. Well, they're not going to come in with bold-faced lies because then we obviously (laughs) shouldn't know that they're lying 
spirits and they're of the darkness, you know, the fallen angels and demons and everything, the the bad guys, you know, we should be lied to. They're bold-faced lies, but, you know, our politicians lie to us all the time, right? Bold-faced lies, and yet we keep voting them back in office. So you think you're going to, oh, this, that might be a fallen angel. Bold-faced lies. You think you're going to be able to discern a fallen angel presented him or herself, herself, yes, indeed, folks, female fallen angels, too. Uh, that gets in a whole nother ball game arena, you know. Um, was it Zechariah chapter 5? It's where two female stork angels came to to take away the female demoness that was in that uh, box, okay? That was relegated to two female angels to carry that fallen one away, not male angels. Obviously then, those two female angels are female angels, not male angels. And that would imply that there are female angels. Shock and awe. Read your Bible, folks. Okay? It's one of those mysterious passages in the Old Testament. What do we make of it, right? Yes, indeed. In some angelic realms, maybe the majority of them, they were female counterparts to the male counterparts. Okay? It's not rocket science. Okay? Our world here on this planet is a microcosm of a much larger reality. So if we can see male and female dogs, don't we? Or do male dogs mate with male dogs and produce baby dogs? Anybody? I sure don't see that. How about horses? How about cows? How about, you know, on and on and on, right? Biology, sexology 101, folks. And yet here we are, human beings, we're so confused. We don't know what sex we are. We think we just do it with anything, anybody, whatever, you know. We're so confused. Um, and I would suggest, okay, so there's female angels. Get used to that. Because if you shut the door on that understanding, you're going to be in shock and awe, and you're going to be one of those whose hearts fail them for fear when the female angels show up. Because I'm telling you, folks, <laughs> guys, those female angels that show up, are going to be drop-dead gorgeous. You're going to think, oh, these human women, yeah, like, okay, so, yeah, there's some human women on the planet that are, like, above 10, I mean, off the charts in beauty, right? Well, these female angels are going to be way beyond that, and they're going to have the personality, the style, the charisma that draws you in, like a siren song of a mermaid to consume your soul. And likewise for you ladies that are consumed with lust, it's not just a guy thing, let's be honest. Okay, you know, these male angels that come back, fallen ones. Um, even the... Nephilim's uh, giants of old, when they come back, they're gonna. A lot of them are gonna be handsome hunks like you never believe. I mean, not a. They're gonna be full heads of hair. They're gonna be just handsome 
punks. You just are going to be begging them to take you to their bedrooms, a lot of you. And those male hunks that you thought were so handsome, they're going to look like dogs compared to these guys. You're going to, some women in the world are going to be lined up for miles for these handsome hunks that have come down from the stars, okay? Yeah, folks, it's going to be a freak show. And every temptation known to man and beyond will be on full display and at your disposal. So you better kind of like get a grip on how far you're willing to go to violate God's laws. So if you got some lust in your heart, you kind of got to get a grip on it and confess it to Jesus. Or these beings have the power to draw, you know, if we're not covered by the blood of Jesus, we're not protected, we're not walking in the spirit, if we've got our guard down, they have the power to draw us in, even those of us who are Christians. Their magnetism will be beyond our ability to defend ourselves in the natural realm. We will need the full armor. Be easy, folks. But these are some of the things that are coming down the pike because Jesus himself warned as in the days of Noah. So under the traditional model, the days of Noah was... um, kind of like, well, you know, Adam and Eve and their descendants part of the Noah's flood. They're a bunch of, you know, doofuses. They didn't know how to wipe their own butts. They didn't know how to plant crops or, you know, know anything. So these poor angels, these watchers, decided to come down and help help out, you know, because God certainly wasn't helping out. He was condemning just because they ate an apple. <laughs> and it wasn't just an apple, folks. That's That's another myth, okay, a true myth. Adam and Eve ate an apple, and that's what condemned them. So don't eat apples. Okay, That's a total myth, a total nonsense um, to mislead us from what the true, the truth of the scriptures are really teaching us what happened Okay, to Eve and then Adam. But um, the outtake, one of the outtakes understanding of what happened there is that they then conceded their dominion. God had granted them dominion, and had they partaken of the tree of life rather than the tree of knowledge of good and evil, okay, they would have graduated from with PhDs from that tree of life and would have been totally inoculated from all things darkness. They would have achieved complete dominion. That was God's promise to them, mandated to them dominion over everything on this planet, including dominion over themselves. They were sovereigns. Adam and Eve were sovereigns. But what happened? The serpent knew what was up. The serpent and the serpent race already here on this planet as part of the four rivers. Again, I know this a lot, folks. It could take many shows. Just go back to the Peterson Chronicles that I think John still has and uh, and might be out there on YouTube and, and various other places, um, bits and pieces of the Peterson Chronicles, almost seven years of shows where we deep-dived into a lot of this stuff, folks. But the six days, here's another thing. The, the, the Those under the traditional model and the creationists believe that the Earth is only 
6,000 years old, right? And that God created everything and everybody in six 24-hour periods of time. Now, I will present to you an argument that would refute that, a very clear, scripturally based, in-your-face argument to refute that. Okay, so each of the six days prior to the seventh day begins in darkness and ends in light. Where did that darkness come from? Why each of the six days begins in darkness? Because each day is an age that's longer than 24 hours. And I will explain the logic when we get to the seventh day. Each day is an age under the Hebrew is Y-O-M, Yom, that more can yeah in certain contexts be interpreted as a 24-hour earth-based day but what if we were living on venus or mars or maldek before it got blown or if we were living over in neptune or something where a day would be not 24 hours anymore so we're so myopic in our interpretation of god's word we look at the world around us and we think this is the way it's always been even when the science like Velvoloski and other scientists have in your face evidence that there's been cataclysms. This earth has suffered cataclysms all over the planet. Okay, the evidence is everywhere. And yet you even have scientists who still adhere to the, um, uh, what, let's see, I forget what it's called, uniformitism. Billions and billions and billions and billions of years, somehow, these trees uh, in the forest evolved into buildings, okay? So the house you happen to be living in, built out of two-by-fours, sixes, etc., all this wood that goes in the house, somehow, over billions and billions and billions of years, self-assembled through the process of evolution into your house, from trees into a house. Isn't that amazing? Okay, if anybody proposed that, you'd laugh them. They're stupid. Okay, and yet that's what scientists wanted to do. Those who believe in uniformitism, that after long periods of time, totally dismissing the possibility that, okay, there may have been times that went without a cataclysm, but there were times when all hell broke loose on this planet. And that's what we read about in Genesis 1, verse 2, when all hell broke loose on this planet. And it was rendered and had become without form and void of life. It was a dead rock in space. And if you didn't know it was Earth, you wouldn't know it was Earth. Totally. You just, it was so formed at the end of this cataclysm of the angel wars as it even impacted our own solar system. That if, if you were some, from some other galaxy, planet another galaxy, and you said, hey, you know, we, we uh, vacationed over on planet Earth, you know, I remember it was a few million years ago, you know, Earth-based time, that we visited there. And so it would be fun to go there. And they didn't even know that there was an angel wars, maybe, but okay, so whatever, maybe they did know there was angel wars, but you know, we're all curious beings, we want to know what happened there, and, and we didn't get word that Earth had been decimated, you know, we'd think it still uh, would be a great place to go vacation, so they plug in their coordinates and zip zap, zoop, you know, they're here, here in our solar system, and kind of like the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars, 1977 Star Wars, are coming on onto Alderaan, 
out of warp speed into regular speed, and they're encountering all these chunks that used to be Alderaan had been blown by the Death Star. Is that what happened to Maldek? Did we have our own Star Wars within our own solar system that started somewhere else, but it came here and it blasted the other planets too? And that our own planet here, Earth, was rendered without form, so badly beaten and distorted, without form and void of life. Void of life. Nothing. A dead hulk in space. But for some reason... You know, Mars is too far out to reestablish it. It had an atmosphere. For those of us who've known about, I've known about Mars for over 40 years. <laughs> it was once fully inhabited, full of life, water, streams, lakes, oceans, atmosphere, everything. It ha- had the ability to sustain life, um, as well as Venus, as well as the previous Earth. But something catastrophic happened within our own solar system. Now, Maldek, when it was blown, whether by a Star Wars scenario or a planetary collision scenario, it got blasted. Now, when you're dealing with the blast effects of that magnitude and realizing that we're not dealing with just a three-dimensional reality here. We're dealing with multiple dimensions. So parts of Maldek got blasted into alternate dimensional realities that maybe, just maybe, our best satellites and uh, telescope or uh, space-based scopes can't detect those alternate dimensional realities to be able to detect chunks of Maldek that will be appearing out of nowhere too late to do anything about it and slam right into the earth like they did long ago. So we read about Revelation chapter 6, the sixth seal, a global earthquake. We read further into chapter 8, some very interesting Phenomenons going on, okay, that can be relegated to Maldek reemerging, as well as planet Planet X and the Dark Sun system coming back. History repeats itself, right? But that's because we're in this closed loop reality of this fallen one third, put in a containment a, a containment system, a containment zone, quarantined. So could not impact, could not affect the unfallen two-thirds. When you come to realize that the realm that we live in, this planet, is a fallen planet. It was fallen in verse 2, Genesis 1, and spreads out into other verses and other chapters, other books of the Bible, the history behind verse 2. Jeremiah chapter 4 connects directly to verse 2. Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14 connect directly to the angel wars and Revelation chapter 12. Okay? So 14, Isaiah 14 is the first time Lucifer and his buddies are cast down to the earth. Could mean 
this planet directly, or it could also mean the lower dimensional realities, the lower heavens. He no longer had the advantage of being in the highest um, in governance of God, the mountain of God, the highest government structure of God himself, uh, Mount Zion, okay? He no longer, he was cast out and cast down to the earth. How thou art fallen, <laughs> O Lucifer. How thou art fallen to the earth, or from heaven, I guess it is. Okay, and then we read in Ezekiel 28 where he's cast down to the earth. Okay, so those two chapters directly dovetail together. So if you study them, you unlock the secret of Lucifer, who he was, now and what happened, and the angel wars. And so him and his buddies, the fallen fallen angels, that those angels that lined up with him and his agenda, even those who were coerced, that means forced into his agenda, fell with him. So that's what we read about in 14. It wasn't just Lucifer that was cast down. Is, you know, and and then he's cast down. So, in Isaiah 14, the fiveite wills are his defiance against God's judgment against him and his buddies of being cast out of the mountain of God, out of the higher dimensional realities to a lower dimensional reality, maybe even directly on this planet. Okay, so his defiance is his five I wills is his defiance against God's judgment against him and his buddies. And so he partially, in the confinement of this fallen one-third, he partially fulfilled his five I wills. Because you notice in Revelation 12, he is cast, him and his buddies are cast down to the earth once again, a second time. Do you think they're going to be happy campers? Okay. <laughs> so part of this sky sounds, sky trumpet sounds weirdness going on and giants in the middle of volcanoes and i'm telling you folks there's things i've i've read and i've read even 40 years ago things that are going to come that the dimensional walls are going to and gates are going to be lowered things that surround us 24 7 are finally going to make their presence known to us whether through sky sounds trumpet sounds in advance of them physically being uh, seen or maybe just appear out of nowhere. And the um, TV kids cart- cartoon Yu-Gi-Oh!, the original Yu-Gi-Oh! series, the, the soldiers of the Orichalcos rise up from the earth from out of nowhere. You could be driving your car down the highway like you always have for the past 40 years, and now this morning, this day, there's this big hulking, giant, stinking to high heaven creature with full arm armament, you know, and, and a sword and everything, and wailing down on you to kill you or eat you or something from out of nowhere, rising up out, out of the earth itself. So there's there are beings, or let's say you're a family, you know, taking your family out to a picnic, going to your favorite place, and there's a nice boulder rock. There at the next to the picnic table, where the kids love, they've loved, for generations loved to climb on that rock and play around it and play on top of it and everything. Big boulder rock. It's it's a, a, a landmark. But one day, the family's out there picnicking as they always have, and one day, a being. Wa-
walks out from that rock. From out of nowhere, walks straight out from that rock and starts wailing on you, your kids, whatever, and kills everybody. Folks, there are realms. You think I'm crazy? I'm not. There's people who've seen this. There's people, uh, this one that I've been reading this past week, that the Lord Jesus himself has allowed her to see these alternate realms just on this planet. There's alternate realms and beings that have been sealed away from, from our observation within the rocks, within the soil, within the ground, within the air, within space, within the oceans, within the waters. They've been sealed away until the end time when these dimensional barriers, doorways, portals will be lowered and opened as part of God's judgments and wrath Okay, that we read about in Revelation, other books like Joel chapter 2, for example, Revelation chapter 9, okay, on and on. So plug it into your mind. These are not just fanciful stories of somebody, you know, prophesying, you know, got a vision of the future. And your, your theologians, you know, with their PhDs from the cemeteries, uh, I'm sorry, the seminary cemeteries, okay, will explain away these mysteries, uh, you know, with their fanciful tales. <laughs> To render the word of God unto none effect. They're full. They're full of demonic lies. Turn away from them. Turn to God's word. Get alone with God's word. Read it for yourself and let Jesus show you what's in his word. Again, my assignment might be different from your assignment. So there will be general information that we both learn at the same same information but there might be information specific to you or specific to me as per the mission that Jesus has assigned for us okay that might if i was to compare notes with you might be different and we're then then you know typical response we throw tomatoes at each other name calling you know put five theologians in a room came out with eight different opinions kind of thing and with no consensus not realizing that Maybe, you know, your understanding of things is going to lead you into a a mission, into an alternate reality specific to your situation, an alternate dimensional reality that you're going to be required to deal with it. We have to start thinking outside the box. We have to start thinking, what is the Bible really telling me? So each of the six days begins in darkness. Where does that darkness come from? Verse 2. Each of the six ages, God is dealing with something. He's dealing with something, and he's making separations. Separations are an act of judgment. So when it says God's separating one thing from another thing, he's making judgments. And they're not pretty judgments. Beings that he's making judgments to are not happy campers, and they're fighting back. So each of these day ages... God is doing something, but the enemy is fighting back. Now we get to the seventh day, and here's the clincher, folks. <clears throat> seventh day is mentioned in Genesis 1, or 2, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I think it's verse 4, then, is the bridge between the creation account and what follows in chapter 2, kind of a bridge verse, a bridge that bridges the two accounts, Okay. A transition verse. 
So the first three verses should have been included in chapter one, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions should have been included as part of the uh, creation account and not as chapter two. So do you find anywhere in that story, in the scripture, in the verses of in day seven of any darkness anywhere? If you do, please bring it to my attention because I I've read it I've read it many times. I don't see the word darkness at all anywhere. So logically, I would conclude that the seventh day, that God, as it says, God had finished everything He He intended to do on the six previous ages, and now the seventh age, He rested. He had accomplished everything He intended to do within this fallen one third to bring it back into his dominion as per his bold plan of restoration, redemption, and salvation for those who were lost, because he was not willing that any should be lost and perish. The seventh day is not 24 hours, because you don't, if that was the case, folks, then the day of worship, which was traditionally, biblically, would be Saturday, okay, there wouldn't be darkness. There would not be physical darkness on the seventh day. If that was the case, that these seven days are 24-hour periods of time, there should not be darkness. On the seventh day, even to this day, there should not be any darkness. The day of the Sabbath should be 100% daylight. Do we find that anywhere on this planet, folks? So in my opinion, case closed. The 24-hour model is false. So the the only explanation is is the Hebrew word yam, which can more accurately be interpreted as age. And I'm not going to be Oh, well, well, let's see. Well, how many years? Again, we're trying to relegate it to earth years. 1,000 years? Uh, you know, we're trying to nail it down. Um, God did what he did in the time span that he wanted, want, needed to, to accomplish what he needed to accomplish. That's fine with me. That works for me. I'm not going to try. Well, then it was a thousand years. You mean earth years, Venus years, Maldek years, God's years. How many years are we still going to be myopic in our interpretation of God's word? In Isaiah it says that my ways are above your ways, right? <laughs> so God's time is above our time. Clue here, folks, that his time is far above our time. So we're trying to condense everything down into a 6,000-year uh, can of soda pop, you know, and totally false. And this is what science was discovering is is the silliness, the silliness, okay, of a lot of Christianity, trying to nail everything down, okay? And if you don't believe it this way, you're going to hell, okay? Do you believe in God or do you believe in science, okay? Okay, well, I tell you what. You put your finger out on the table, and I'll slam it down with a hammer. Do you believe in God, that there's no pain, that you feel no pain, or do you believe in science, a scientific explanation of your body, your nerves, that you're going to be in horrible pain? Believe what you want to believe. I'll believe that you're going to be in horrible pain. 
Or you can believe that, okay, well, I'm going to jump off the Empire State Building and the angels, Psalm 91, will catch me before my feet hit the ground. Praise Jesus. Okay. What did Jesus say in response to that temptation by good old Satan, Lucifer? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God in vain. You see, that would be a vain application of Psalm 91. It's one thing if for some reason somebody pushes you off or throws you off the Empire State Building against your will and you are praying Psalm 91 and other prayers as you're descending down and by a miracle of God his holy angels do in fact catch you and you are totally unharmed. But it's another thing if you foolishly throw yourself off purposely putting yourself in harm's way. That's vain, okay, being vain. So the seventh day age is accurately an age, and it's an age, an overarching age of God's grace for this fallen third. A specific age of grace has been since Jesus died descended and arose back from the dead to usher in a specific age of grace under the Lordship of Jesus Christ for the last 2,000 plus years, a specific age within the overarching age of grace. But notice that that age of grace ends at the end of the sixth seal. So even though the sixth seal is going to be horrific, a global earthquake you think you're going to survive a global earthquake? Okay. <laughs> when you fully understand what a global earthquake means, just look back in history. Other times that this planet has been shaken. Why don't you read Isaiah chapter 24 to get a clue? <laughs> okay, a clue of what the sixth seal will be like, a global earthquake. Okay, to get a clue. And... <clears throat> People will think, oh, this has got to be wrath, but it's still not wrath yet. The wrath is the seventh seal. The sixth seal is the end of God's judgments. The end of his grace. And we, the end of his grace then transitions into the seventh seal, the seventh seal of the wrath of the Lamb of God. So God's grace switches over to his wrath. If you haven't grabbed hold of his grace by the end of the sixth seal, and if you're still alive, you know, through all that, and you haven't grabbed hold of his grace through the Lord Jesus Christ, confess your sins, cry out, all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Well, then you'll be ushered into the age or the, the seventh seal, the wrath of the Lamb of God. And I would not place a bet on whether you'll make it or not under the wrath. <laughs> That's when all the stops are pulled out. That's when Maldek makes its grand reappearance as God's judgments. That's when um, all kinds of things have been sealed away for thousands and thousands of years, maybe even millions of years, if each of the six, seven days are ages we could be talking about what the scientists claim billions of earth years earth years okay not somebody else's years 
Earth years. We could be talking about that. All right. <clears throat> and another way to understand this is prior to the fallen one-third, that one-third of creation was part of the overall 100% of the original creation that was all pure and harmonic. Okay, but something happened, that's Luciferian Rebellion and Angel Wars, that ended up in a fallen one-third situation. So the very mathematics, the very physics that it originally had were altered into a chaotic state. And I would argue there's evidence in Ezekiel 28, verse 15, right in the middle of the original point of singularity that scientists are trying to figure out, where is it, you know, what, what happened? How did this come to be? And how did all, you know, from this singularity, all of what we regard as creation, this universe, how did it come to be from this single point of singularity? It's right there in Scripture. That will be another show to explain that. But take it from me, verse 15, right in the middle is the word until, which can be, shrunk down to the word T-I-L, and right in the middle of T-I-L is I, the I of Lucifer. Connecting directly over to Isaiah 14, the five I wills of Lucifer. Somehow, corrupt creation into a shrunk it down into a singular point of singularity and God had to once again breathe his breath to expand that singularity singularity out to give it dimensionality how would you like to be shrunk down to a point of singularity wouldn't you enjoy it if somebody would step in to the equation and reformulate things so you would have dimensionality. Isn't it nice, folks? I mean, some of you that maybe have been in a jail or prison environment, and that you can maybe equate that to being like in singularity, okay, where you're not free to move about, you know, um, or like in the hole. You're kept in the hole. Some, some prisons have a place called the hole or a solitary confinement. <clears throat> 24-7, you're in that one cell except for maybe one hour you're allowed to go outside by yourself, you know, enjoy the sun, <laughs> breathe some fresh air, <clears throat> uh, know that there's a world outside your, your confined cell. But back in you go. <clears throat> but imagine that a point of singularity is you never get out of there. Trillions and trillions and trillions of life forms all shrunk down, planets, solar systems, gal- galaxies that are impacted by this shrunk down to a point of singularity. So God is the one who originally created it, it all, so he has the original blueprints, so he simply could breathe his breath of life back in and stretch out the heavens once again, with, but within this fallen one-third. The unfallen two-thirds has continued on in its original configuration. And God has continued to create new worlds, new dimensions, new heavens, new realities, new life forms. His creation has not stopped within the unfallen two-thirds. Because he wants to bless his children, those who are faithful, those who are are yet on the unfallen two-thirds. See, there's some of us 
who did not fall or were not taken as prisoners, POWs, within this fallen one third. There's some of our family lineages that are on the other side of the DMZ. They're over there, and they're part of that great cloud of witnesses praying for us, cheering us on. Besides God's holy angels, there's some of our own, our own families that are over there, not just deceased loved ones that have gone on to be with Jesus over a sweet by and by. These are family lines that were not caught up in this fallen one-third realm. Okay, so the way to understand that is during World War II, we had like the European theater, Pacific theater, maybe some other theaters too. But within each of the theater, there would be places where it was obvious a war was going on. But there would still be enclaves, a few enclaves here and there, that you, if, if you only stayed within that enclave, you wouldn't have a foggy clue that there was a war going on. Everything was, you know, the same as it was, has always been. Um, you get up, you do your work, you know, feed the kids, go slop the hogs, you know, um, look at the sky, uh, go fishing, you know, for fish or whatever. It, it's day in, day out, nothing has changed for you. But then you have areas that are in between. Okay, so like the United States over here was not impacted by the war. We weren't bombed. None of our cities were bombed during World War II, but in the next war, there will be a lot of cities that are bombed in the United States. So you better have your fire insurance. Okay, it's going to get real hot one of these days soon, really hot. Okay, um, now what do you think will happen when these nuclear warheads go off? Not just here in the United States, but around the world, the nukes start flying, millions start dying, right? But... Nuclear weapons, the greater problem, i.e. threat of nuclear weapons, is that they will open dimensional doorways. Trust me on this. (laughs) The freak show will commence in earnest when those nukes go off, opening up dimensional doorways that God had sealed shut. By our own evil devices... And by some estimates, I was reading an article today from, from this website that that she was shown, that Jesus showed her that up to 60% of the people around us are not human. They look like us, sound like us, go to work like us, fart like us, but they're not human. They're either shapeshifters and or have been crossbred to conceal their true form. So for the most part, uh, you could scratch them and they'll bleed. But under certain circumstances, their true form starts uh, revealing itself. And they fight like crazy to get back their projected form. So we re- so those of us who are <laughs> real uh, human beings will not be, you know, (laughs) freaked out by these aliens. Okay, Okay, so these nukes going off and open up dimensional doorways, and the freak show will begin in earnest. Freak show. Everything that God has sealed away in all these various dimensions on on this planet will be opened up. And then we have the problem with the um, planet X coming between the Earth and the sun, completely blocking all sunlight from reaching the earth not one 
ray of light will reach the Earth, not even the upper atmosphere. The Earth will be plunged in complete 100% darkness. That's like having a prison, a massive prison like Leavenworth, where you a huge complex, multiple stories, multiple wings, and thousands upon thousands of jail cells, you know, individual cells, and prisoners all over the, oh, in every one of these cells. And for some unknown reason, the power goes off, the backup generators don't kick in, and all the doors open up. And all the prisoners come out. And do you think they're going to be singing Kumbaya and joining hands and being nice to everybody, nice to the prison guards that are caught there? It's going to be a bloodbath. That's what we face with the three days of darkness that are coming is a complete freak show. Worse than the dimensional doorways around us is is this ultimate lowering uh, an opening of every single jail cell that exists been sealed away all this time will be coming out and they're not happy campers and they hate humanity with a seething rage do you think you're going to be safe do you think your little boys and girls, you think your dog is going to be safe? You know, dogs like to go out outside and do their business and come in, right? You're going to let your dog out? Some of these beings have the power that even if you are aware of their presence, I mean directly aware, like it's through the corner of your eye, they have the power to snatch your soul right out of your body, right on the spot. So that's why God in uh, Isaiah, I believe it is, instructs us, instructs us that when this event happens, we are to shut ourselves away. That means you barricade your doors, your windows, you black them out. You know how tempting it is. There's a storm outside. You want to see one of the lightning bolts, you know, to see what's going on out there, right? And the wind blowing, the rain, the snow, whatever's going on out there. We want to see how bad it is if you do that. Your soul will be snatched right out of your body. And what will be left? A smoldering hulk of what was formerly you. That being will absorb you into its soul and consume you. Just like in the natural world, if a lion got hold of you or you know, some predatory animal got hold of you, they'd start gnawing on you and eating you. Okay? <laughs> Uh, your flesh body. Well, these beings do the same thing, but with souls. They'll snatch your soul right out of your body and start feeding on your soul to gain your soul energy. So you do not want to look outside. You want to blacken your windows, however you do that, and you do not yield to the temptation to look outside during the 72-hour. I would even expand it to a full week, you know, be on the safe side. You know, Once you know this is going to happen, all hands on deck, we're going inside, batting down the doors, the windows, everything, and we're going to stay in the middle of the house or the apartment, whatever. We're not going to look outside. And you're going to have your Bible with you. And if you don't have a Bible, hopefully you've got some verse, even one verse that's memorized can unleash the power of God through you. And you pray and you 
confess your sins and you pray for others that are out there, you know, because it's going to be horror of horrors during the seventh seal wrath of the Lamb of God. When every portal, every dimension, every prison cell, every freak show, even those on the higher dimensions where, where Lucifer right now and his top echelon buddies enjoy the ninth dimensional experience, right? If you were able to visit the ninth dimensional, you would think you were in the heaven itself. He does not rule in chaos and confusion. In his realm, thing is in godly order and the light of Lucifer and love of Lucifer. You would think you were standing before the Most High himself. You would think that you were in heaven itself in the Holy of Holies. He would not be able to rule his kingdom if it was total chaos and confusion. He extracts his order and he bequests his blessings, his light, his love onto his loyal subjects. Okay, But in the end, Revelation 12 says that Michael and his angels will fight against the dragon and his angels, and the devil and his angels will prevail not, right? And they'll be cast down to the earth on a second time. That means that they'll be cast down from their higher dimensional realities and experiences down to this three-dimensional reality that we're in. The devil has come down with great rage, wrath, right? Okay, he's not going to be a happy camper. He knows this is what's going to happen, but he's not going to be happy when it does happen. But he's planning in advance. So all this scientific movement, you know, all these breakthroughs and this, that, and other thing that we're seeing and accumulating and accelerating day by day is the rebuilding of the Tower of Babel and its technologies. So he knows that him and his buddies are going to be cast down here. So in preparation for that time, he's having his minions here on this earth construct the three-dimensional technologies that will allow Lucifer and his top echelon to perform the same feats in this lower dimension that they are capable of performing in their higher dimensional realities. So they will appear with lines, signs, and wonders, right? Miracles to us, miracles, because they need that they need that technology in place to allow them to do here when they're cast down in this reality what they currently enjoy in the higher dimensions. Because Michael's angels are going to shake the tree really bad. Uh, it's going to shake them. Okay, They're going to be shaken. They're going to be chased out of those higher dimensions, kind of like chasing sheep or chasing cows, cattle into a pen. Right? Planet Earth will become the pen. So not only do we have a potential of freak show right here that's already on this planet, but there's going to be a whole bunch of them joining the party from higher dimensional realities within this fallen one-third and and other party uh, arrivals from other planets and other solar systems within this fallen one-third. It's going to be one big party, you know. Get Just out the like cake. the end of the show. 
It is down to 45 seconds, man. Yeah. I can tell you just now, getting ramped up there, buddy. Grab yourself another cup of coffee. You got an all-nighter there. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, thank you, Lauren, uh, always for uh, joining us um, every month. Sorry we missed the show last month and had so many technical difficulties. Um we still got to catch up with Joy Pugh and uh, Brother Zen, um, you yeah. know, over the two and a half days that the uh, system was down. But anyway, thank you so much again for joining us tonight. Um, very interesting, very thought-provoking. And also, don't forget, those motherships actually do have very, very effective cloaking devices. Praise God. Yeah. So uh, many of the ones that we're hearing right now are not in other dimensions. They're just sitting there right in the clouds. You just can't see them. All right. Well, anyway, praise Jesus. Sure. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Tonight is Wednesday, August the 23rd, and we will see you at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil, uh, 7 p.m. Lord willing, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. Right. You bet. Thank you, Brother God Lauren. You Thank you. Yep. Bye. children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.